Hello, welcome back to the Benchwarmers. I'm Sonny, and I'm here with Gabe. Hey, man. Hey. So we're back after our break. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, really quick though, how was your break? I heard you went to New York. It was good. I went to New York with my family. I went to a Nets game. I was unaware that I was going to be sitting courtside, so I didn't dress as nice as I should have. Oh, okay. I was shown false tickets that I would be sitting way high up, so I dressed kind of casually. I don't have any uh, Nets attire, so we just went. And when we were walking, I was like, wow, we're pretty – we're, like, pretty close to the floor. Like, I'm I'm waiting for our lane to, like, turn – or, like, our section so we can turn up and walk up the stairs. And we just kept walking. And then finally, we showed someone our tickets, and they went right there. And we sat courtside, and it was very cool. It was the only time I've ever sat courtside. Did you, like, recognize anyone around you? Or, like, did you kind of know – I mean, because you're, you're that close, and it's like – I saw J.R. Smith. Okay. He he was sitting courtside. There was a very big soccer player. I don't remember his name, but he played for like Arsenal or Manchester United or some, you know, biggest, probably like honestly the biggest athlete in the arena other than like Giannis. Uh, The Nets played the Bucks. Nets kind of got blown out. A lot of their starters were missing, but regardless, it was very fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, what did you do? I was going to uh, – nothing crazy, nothing like that. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I just, like, had a pretty basic holiday, like Christmas, New Year's. Um, saw some family, just stayed home. Nothing – like, I, I can't really go anywhere. Like, I have a baby. So yeah. it's like – like, for – honestly, like, I actually enjoyed not really going anywhere because I was able to watch a lot of football. That's and, good. And it was nice. There's a lot – there was a lot of like, football to and watch. not be, like, really interrupted and, like – my daughter now is like kind of in a sleep schedule, so it's like I know when her naps are going to be, and so I know That's when good. I'm like, cool, I'm going to have some like an hour or two of just like uninterrupted time right here, and like it, it worked out. Like I don't know, it's like it's weird when you're like a dad because it's like all your stuff comes secondary, but there are these like little windows where you're like, hey, I get to watch like the Packers play and beat the Bears, which we're going to talk about in a little bit right here. Um, what a what a what a finish to the NFL season. My like, god. Like people always joke that there are like script writers for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And like some people really think there are. I'm not one of those people. But the way that week 18 played out and like the matchups that it's setting up for for wild card weekend, pretty cool. A couple of I know we said we do playoffs later, but there are a couple of storylines uh, to kind of come off of that point that are matchups in the playoffs. Yeah. One, I think the most talked about one is uh, Matt Stafford going against his Lions in the first round. That'll be cool. The other, another one is Tyreek Hill going back to Arrowhead and playing the Chiefs. Yep. Two other that I can think of is Paul McCarthy. Coach of the Cowboys, coaching against his former team, the Packers. And then finally, one that I don't really hear anybody talking about is the Texans versus Browns. Now, if you remember, there was the Deshaun Watson trade. Oh, that's right. It's who won the trade. Now, the picks, 
that the Texans got in return for Deshaun Watson, none of them led to C.J. Stroud. But if I recall correctly, the notable ones that they got was Will Anderson, their defensive rookie who might win Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Tank Dell, who are both very good, as well as another pick, another pick or two in the future. Deshaun Watson's not playing for the Browns, so, you know, kind of seems like Texans might have won the trade, but we'll see who wins the game. Even though those picks didn't, like, directly get them C.J. Stroud, like, it's kind of like all the decisions you make get you up to where you're at right now, like, Mm -hmm. even the small ones, and it's like, had they kept Deshaun, they would have never got C.J. Oh, yeah. So, like, it kind of worked out in a way that they got rid of Deshaun at the right time to get CJ because CJ fell like right to him. So I don't yeah. know. Like everything just worked out kind of in their favor. And I'm, I'm sure like in hindsight, they're happy with moving on from Deshaun. So, yeah. But yeah, it, it is kind of like a crazy thing with all these storylines. And like, I think people were like, oh, yeah, like it's scripted. But I'm like, whether these teams would have played somebody else, I'm sure we would have found storylines that would have been relevant in those matchups too. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Like it, it is what it is. Like we're we're pulling storylines because there are some there and they're, they're matching up with who they're playing. But anyway, we, we kind of have a lot to go through. <laughs> we're going to try to go through as much of it as we can. This might be a long show. Um, but uh, we took a couple weeks off, so we, we are due for a, a good size show. So the first thing we should probably get into is week 18, last week of the regular season. So – they always choose when the days are for the games. They they put the ones that are kind of inconsequential all together at like the 10 a.m. slate. Yeah. And then uh, they put the important ones, you know, on Saturday or Sunday night. I like that they do that. Anyway, the Saturday games were Steelers and Ravens and Texans and Colts. I just bring those up because they were both, you know, consequential to how the playoffs worked out. Ravens sat their starters – they lost to the Steelers 17 to 10. And because the Jags lost to the Titans later on that week, or next day, I should say, I don't know why I said later on, Steelers made it into the playoffs with that win. And then to kind of tie into the Jags losing to the Titans, there's the Texans and Colts. Both teams prior to this were 9 and 8. I think the Colts had won the first matchup, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think this is basically like a win and in. It was it was literally win, yeah, win and in. No matter what, you know, both these teams didn't have to rely on another team losing or some other sequence of events happening. It was just the winner of this gets into the playoffs and the loser can't find a way in. Texans won. C.J. Stroud had a, an amazing... First opening pass to Nico Collins is like 75-yard touchdown and then a game-winning drive. Colts march down the field. I got to talk about this. All right. Oh, this is bad. Colts. This was really bad, actually. I don't. I think I know what okay. you're talking about. Colts march down the field. Six minutes left to start their drive. There's a minute left. They're probably 14 yards away from the end zone. It's fourth and one. Now, what everybody is saying that is bad about this is – the running back of the Colts, who I can't remember the name of and nobody's ever heard of prior to this and we will probably never hear of again, who dropped the wide open pass for the first day. It was Goodson or good something. Yeah, something like that. It was 
a he's, totally he's a backup running back for or he's a backup for he's Taylor or I, I, I heard something that he only had like six career touches before this game. Okay. Now um, it's bad because it was an easy pass and he dropped the ball. Like obviously. And I and and even though that it it could have sent the Colts to the playoffs as they're only down five, and if they had a touchdown, they probably would have won. I do I do feel bad for him because that's you know his entire career is defined by that at this point. He probably was the best player at his school playing football growing up. He was probably the best player at his high school. He was probably pretty good in college. He made it. He's good at football his whole life. He gets his opportunity, and it's just one drop. And there, there's his career. He, he'll probably not get signed by another team. I don't know if he stays with the Colts. They probably, I mean, it sucks because, like, his whole, like, career on the Colts is going to be decided on this one play. Mm-hmm. But, like, okay, so Minshew drops back a little bit. A couple little, like, plays going on. It looks like a lot of the receivers above are getting kind of tangled up or they're just not looking yet. And, like, Minshew's trying to dump the ball really fast. It's a design play to him. It's it's pretty it's it's a pretty obvious designed running back pass. He doesn't even try to block. He just runs out on a route. If he now, I get it. The ball was a little bit behind him, and the announcers were like, "If Minshew just puts it in the right spot, he would have. He could. They would have went." But like, it was behind him. He still should have caught it. If so he it's on. It. It's on Minshew then. No, I well. It's on the earth. Minshew the- could have thrown it better, like you always can. But this. You got to I I mean most people would catch this. So you got to catch it. He doesn't catch it, they lose. What I think is even more egregious than this. Than the drop pass to win I the think, game. I think I think the bigger screw up cuz that would have been a first down easily. I think the bigger screw up is the play call. Now you could be questioning the pl- me questioning the play call because Obviously, if he catches the ball, a non-contested catch, then they would have gotten the first down, and he was wide open, and the play call seemed beautiful, because the play ran amazingly. If he caught it, and he did his job, they would have gotten the first down, that's all they needed. Here's why I question the play call. One, he is the third string running back behind Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Okay. Jonathan Taylor... It's fourth and one. Jonathan Taylor wasn't on the field. He wasn't on the field. Jonathan Taylor this game, 30 carries, 188 yards. He's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. It's fourth and one and you take him out of the game? What are you doing? I don't understand that. You don't have to run it up the gut to him, even though he probably would have gotten it. But have him on the field as a decoy and then have another – have two backs in the backfield and then have that guy run the route or something like that. I just think they should have had Jonathan Taylor on the field because he had 30 carries for an average of 6.3 yards. If you watch the game, the Texans couldn't do anything. And here's the thing too. Like I get it. He was – Jonathan Taylor was playing a lot and I get they wanted to maybe rest him. But it's fourth and one. Like you just you have to get this I don't, you have to I get don't, this conversion. Like, I don't understand it. And here's the thing too. Like okay, so at the time of this play, the, the Colts still had two timeouts left. If Jonathan Taylor needs more rest, just call a timeout. Let it, let him sit in the sun for another minute, catch his breath a little bit, 
and then be like, okay, are you ready? Like, we're going to run. Even if you don't use him, uh-huh. use him as a decoy or something. Like, like that way it opens up a receiver or something. Like, I don't <laughs> – I, I don't understand. He's like your best player. Just watching He's the game, your best player. They couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. There is nothing they could do. Every single play. It just looked like even if they stacked the box and they got in, it just looked like he would somehow get four yards out of a totally lost play. And then when it wasn't a lost play, he got like 12. I mean, it was just – he. they could not stop Jonathan Taylor to save their life. They couldn't stop the run game. I, I don't care if they stack the box on him or anything. I mean, have three receivers out. Have Jonathan Taylor in, and then boom, up the gut. Jonathan Taylor, first down. Keep your drive going. Two timeouts, 50 seconds left, 11 yards away. Like plenty of time to to march down there and get in. Unbelievable to me. Anyway, but C.J. Stroud is already looking like a star with that game-winning drive. Offensive rookie of the year? Oh, yeah. Or Um, not not Puka? Well, listen, it's tough to say. But, I feel like they're going to give it to a quarterback. That's what sucks. And Puka had a great season, too. Puka had broke the record for receptions and receiving yards by a rookie receiver in a season. Now, granted, he only did, he only beat both of those because of the extra game that was recently implemented like two years ago or something like that. Still, It's still impressive. It's still impressive for a fifth-round pick. But Puka Nukua isn't the best at his position on the team. No. And C.J. Stroud took this, and I get it. The Texans had a lot of upgrades, but the Texans were totally lost. And C.J. Stroud is the reason why they're in the playoffs. Out of this draft class uh, that C.J. Stroud came from, mm-hmm. I feel like, it was he the best quarterback in that draft class? You mean, like, in hindsight, should he have gone number one, or is he resulted as the best quarterback? No, no, no. Like, Okay, like let's just say we start over draft. Like, who... Okay. I think he would be the top pick now, now that we know what we know about him and how good he is. Yeah. Or did it just work out because, like, the Texans kind of, like, built everything around him and, like, it only it could only work, like, in Houston? I don't know. It's it, an that, interesting That's kind of question. hard to guess, but... I think... Well, there was... Okay. So there was Bryce Young out of Alabama who... Probably play Alabama for like two, three seasons. He did not look that good on 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 Carolina this year. Yeah, he looked I mean, lost. That's a thing. He was Bryce Young was the Heisman in Alabama. He was really, really good. It's a tough situation in Carolina because your coach was so bad. And I mean, God, who was his best target? Adam Thielen probably was. I mean, Miles Sanders. Fell off. Chuba Hubbard was like that's average. A, I mean, that's a nobody. I mean, he's he's just got one of the worst. Listen, Bryce Young could turn it around. Trevor Lawrence in his first season went like lost like ten or eleven games or something like that, and that was Urban Meyer, who was great in Ohio State, and and then he was horrible in the NFL, and he had that whole all those weird allegations, and then. <laughs> Now they turned around, and I think it's Doug Peterson was the coach, and they got to the playoffs and even got a playoff win. We'll talk to the Jag- we'll talk about the Jags later, <laughs> but I'm just talking about how crazy of a turnaround it was. I it, I don't think that's going to happen with the Panthers. I think we should still give Bryce Young the benefit of the doubt because he he is a great prospect coming out of college. He was really good in college. He's just on a horrible situation. I don't know. I mean, C.J. Stroud coming out of college. 
Like who else was here? We had Kenny Pickett, Will Levis. Uh, who were some of the Kenny other? Pickett was, was drafted two, two years ago. Oh, was he two ago. years ago? Okay. Well, yeah. He, well, see, I feel like CJ Stroud already Anthony passed him Anthony Richardson up. were the other guys. There you go, Anthony um, Richardson, who got hurt on the Colts. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Richardson was really he good, did look good when he played, but he just got injured every time he stepped on the field. Will Levis has been showing promise, uh, but he's not close to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, I think just in the – sometime we'll get into it with the college football playoffs, but I think having a uh, college football playoff performance can enhance your draft capital, and it could be the difference between going, you know, two and three or one and two. C.J. Stroud had an amazing last college football game against Georgia. They lost because of a whiffed field goal, but yeah. they should have been playing in the championship against TCU. He had – I don't know what his stats were. They were amazing. Just go back and watch the game. He played amazing. He ran all over them. They couldn't stop the pass. It was unbelievable. Bryce Young was very, very good in college too. I watched him as well. I heard some rumors that Frank Reich – Wanted to draft Bryce Young, or he wanted to draft C.J. Stroud instead of Bryce Young, but I don't think the I don't know if the situations would be flipped. I don't know if C.J. Stroud went number one, he would still be doing as horribly as he is, or still the Panthers would still be doing as horribly as they are with Bryce Young, and I don't know if the Texans would be in the playoffs if they drafted Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud, but. It does seem like a it's, good match, though, for, for C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Yeah. Like, he did flourish on this team. And, I mean— But the, look at his weapons. I was going to say, his weapons are also really—and they're all young. Mm-hmm. They're all super young. So I'm like— This team will be around. This team is, like— Rookie coach, too. Even if they, they, they lose to the Browns in wildcard weekend, mm-hmm. I still think this season is a huge, huge, huge success for the Texans. Like, it completely changed their culture. Yeah, like a complete one eighty. So like, I'm I'm very happy. I'm not a Texans fan, but I'm very happy for them. Yeah. Now let's get to Jags and Titans yeah. in the same division. Okay. So Titans were playing for basically not. They were playing for spoiler. They were trying to spoil the Jags's uh, playoff fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler, they did. And uh, this this game, I, I didn't watch all of it. I watched like maybe the last part of it. Um. You know, I think earlier this season, I think I, we have it on tape here, that I said that at the trade deadline, don't be surprised if the Titans start blowing everything up. Yeah. I was wrong, but now at the end of the season, it looks like they are blowing everything up. So after the game, Derrick Henry, well, Titans win, eliminate the Jags. Uh, Jags yeah. basically, like, I don't know what happened to them the last five, six games of the season, mm-hmm. but they... Something happened. Like they started, they started they just, eight and three, and were first in the AFC. And then after that, they lost. So after eight and three, they lost to the Bengals in overtime in a close, good game that I remember. They lost to the Browns. They lost to the Ravens in a blowout. Happens to everybody. They lost to the Bucks. So that's a five-game lose streak. They go from eight and three to eight and eight. They that, beat that, the that Panthers because, of course, everybody does. Now they're nine and eight. They go from yeah, they went from eight and three to eight and eight. They beat the Panthers. Now they're nine and eight, and going into Week 18, they have the same record as the Jags or as the as the Texans and the Colts. So it's not a lock in anymore. They play the Titans. 
Titans have nothing to play for. If anything, they're losing a, a draft spot. You know, they're going down from, I don't know, from 9 to 10 or something like that. But they're, they're playing They're playing for themselves. Like, they're they're in just Tennessee. like, show off what they got. In Titans, you know, the final score was 20 to 28. But the Titans were in control this whole game. It wasn't yeah. really ever close. It wasn't, this wasn't, you know, a big comeback or it wasn't a final. This was like final, a, a stomp. This was like, they were in control the whole time. Jags out touchdown at the end of the game. Nothing happened. Jags aren't in it anymore. I don't know what happened. La- okay. They started with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence's first year did horrible. Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer gets the boot. N- not his fault. Yeah. Next year, Doug Peterson comes back. They do pretty well. They get to the playoffs. They come back like 27-3, in the playoffs against the Chargers, and they win. They lose in the next round, but hey, they went from the worst team in the NFL to a one-playoff winning team. That's real good. This year, they get Calvin Ridley. They should have been amazing. Now, and they were. They were 8-3. and three. They were the best team in the AFC for a week. And then... They lost five straight games. So, to be fair, Trevor Lawrence did have some injury the last few weeks, which didn't help. But, okay, what NFL team isn't dealing with injuries right now? Exactly. Like, everybody has injuries on their team right now. Like, it's the end of the season. I just don't know what this team. They, I I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that they would, with the way they're playing right now, I think they lose almost any playoff game if they were the i mean imagine if they were the seventh seed they had to go out and play the bills i think they beat the bills early in the season but they did. Yeah. it wouldn't happen again bills are playing way better than they were earlier in the season and jags are on a steep decline i don't even know what to say i uh, the other things that are interesting with this game is derrick henry gave a farewell yep. at the end of the game saying like this has been the best i've never seen a farewell like that where the player like in interviews like you know when they do the post yeah game thing and they sit down and all the reporters are in the room i've seen like a farewell like that and like you know just addressing the media but he like they got him a microphone and he's uh-huh. just like talking to the fans like from the field and like thanking everybody for the support for the last eight years and like you know it was it was a big emotional thing for him and you know he's he spent like almost 10 years in the same spot like i can see why but i've never seen that like to give him, they like I don't know if that was just like hey like let's get give him a microphone like how does he like he was talking as if like he for sure is not coming back like they're not keeping him I I think he's gonna leave but not like retiring older. but not, yeah. like like he's still he's gonna go somewhere else like they mm-hmm. like they told him in advance like hey this is your last game with us I think he said it's been the best eight years of my life is that how long he's been on the team probably yeah ah God it's been a long time so I don't know great great career with them. He'll go to some better team, hopefully. And then the other interesting thing. Titans, today or yesterday, fired Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. Hard name is, yeah. Been trying to pronounce it all day. (laughs) Mike Vrabel. (laughs) They fired him. I think that he's a pretty good coach. Oh, he's he's definitely a – I wouldn't call him elite, but he's – Above average. Yeah. He's far, far above average. He'll get a job. He's like a B or C plus kind of guy. Yeah. Maybe maybe a B plus. I'm not sure. But. I'll give him like a B, B plus. Yeah. He, I mean, remember when Ryan Tannehill was playing good for the Titans and they had A.J. Brown, they were the number one seed in the playoffs that one year. Right. So. 
I, I, I mean, he's he's definitely capable of, and they got playoff wins. They beat, I think they beat. You remember Lamar Jackson's first MVP season? Yeah, I think they beat him in the playoffs that year, if I'm not mistaken. He had a prime Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill was pretty good. AJ Brown's pretty good. So, I mean, he's he's definitely good enough to win some playoff games. He'll get a job. I he's more of a defensive minded coach for sure. Yeah, like even though special teams too, and yeah, even though kind of the way the league seems like it's going is like the McVay, Shanahan, Matt Lafleur, Mike McDaniel kind of like mega mind offense kind yeah, of stuff. Like, yeah, like yeah, mega mind offense, young dudes that are just like motion, super tricky, super you know whatever kind of thing. But he'll get a job. He'll be yeah. good. Um. Yeah, he he's uh, that that firing kind of surprised me just because we'll get into all these coaches that kind of had, like are they leaving. They could have traded him. Well, I don't but know just, about traded, but like they could have moved him, or I I don't know. Like I think I, I the Derrick Henry thing like makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's an, you know, he's an aging running back. Most of his good years are probably behind him. I think he still has a lot of tread. Yeah. on those tires, but I can see why they moved on. Tannehill. It sounds like they're turning the page on him. Will Levis is going to be probably their future. Uh, they got rid of AJ Brown last year, which I wasn't. I was very confused at why they did that. Um, Remember when Julio Jones went to to this the team? Titans? Yeah. yeah, it seems like they like this rebuild. I think should have happened a year ago, maybe. Yeah, like they're doing this too late. Like this is like they they just kept kind of kicking it down down a little bit and it's like well you guys should have like planned a little better for this and like I they really messed up on getting rid of AJ Brown now they're losing Derrick Henry or it looks like they're losing they got rid of Rabel like this is just a this is a complete rebuild now I mean this is it I think they were kind of holding on to the playoff hopes because last year they were a game away from the playoffs right but they had injuries which you know kind of is weird to think about because they were so bad this year. And I think they thought they were going to be in one of the worst divisions in the league. Because before this year, it was like, oh, okay, the Jags are going to be real good. But, like, Texans aren't going to be good. And the Colts are always kind of weird. Like, these are going to be – they're going to be – you know, they could slip into the seventh seed because they got easy wins. But Texans and Colts ended up doing a lot better than they did last season. So – Here's the it thing, though, like went downhill for management. Like I, they took a quarterback pretty early in this last draft. Mm-hmm. I think this is they should have done the rebuild last season. Like, yeah, okay. let let that new coach and GM and everybody in there like focus on who they want to get. But they they let Vrabel. I don't know if he made any calls on who they drafted, but they it would have made more sense to get rid of Vrabel last season than this season. Now it's like, what do you do? You're going to try to like lure in a coach. And you already have a quarter. You have two quarterbacks. You have Tannehill, who they don't know what to do with. Mm. Will Levis, who puts mayo in his coffee. Weird dude. And, yeah. it's like, and so it's like, like let's say you're a head coach, Sonny. I'm trying to get you to come to this team. And I'm trying to lure you with a Derek Henry and an AJ Brown and Derek Henry less team and Will Levis. Like, what? Why would I want to go coach there? Why would you want to go coach right there? Yeah. That doesn't it's, sound good. It's tough. Will Levis is kind of unpredictable. DeAndre Hopkins is still showing flashes of good. Yeah. I like Tajay Spears. They're running back under well, Derrick Henry. He'll be fine. He, it's interesting where he goes next year. If the unless Titans get like some running back off the board, but it's going to be interesting to see where 
people draft I, he's not, I don't think he's not exactly a draw for like a head coach. Like, oh, I like that kid, but he's good. I think they'll just have to get some young new head coach that's eager to get into it and rebuild. Yeah, full rebuild. Um, side note: uh, Titans do have the seventh overall uh, draft pick this year. Okay, so we'll see where they go with that. Plenty of good skill position. A lot, a lot of good players in this draft. Like what if they go? Year, what if they try to go quarterback? <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be because insane. They had okay. They could. They had Marcus Mariota, and they won a playoff game with Marcus Mariota yep. against Alex Smith's last year on the Chiefs. I mean this. Feels recent to me, but it was forever to go. Yeah. Um, you remember he had that – he threw a touch – he threw a passing touchdown to himself. I remember that. I know. That's pretty that's cool. Like on, that's for sure on his, like, Hall of Fame, like, like video. Like, yeah, this is one of my best plays ever. Yeah. Passing I mean, it'll be, it'll be his – all his uh, Oregon highlights, and then he had, like, two highlights in the NFL. He had that and, like, his 90-yard touchdown in his rookie season. All right. So they had Marcus Mariota. They brought Ryan Tannehill from Florida a number of years ago. They started to do really well. They had a prime Derrick Henry and a young A.J. Brown. And they seemed like they were really on top of it. And then Ryan Tannehill kind of became Ryan Tannehill again. They couldn't catch up, so they got Malik Willis. Who like looked okay. Two, three years ago. He looked all right, but he didn't really look that good. So they bring him in for like a year. I think it was he was drafted – Last year they brought him in. Sorry, we just showed, we just showed the Mariota pass to himself. It was, and they Look. came back. They won this game. It was twenty-one to three, and they won. Isn't that crazy? I think they went for two right right after this too. Probably, the, yeah. I mean, this was awesome. Anyway, so Malik Willis doesn't really work out well. So Will Levis next in the next year's draft who wowed at the combine i mean i just remember seeing like every post is like will levis puts you know 75 yards in the bread basket he throws that ball on a wire on the run like they hyped, his, him, they hyped him up a lot he's his combine was amazing so they draft him and he his first game he played really well his first like full game he had three four passing touchdowns three of them were to deandre hopkins something unbelievable like that he leveled out, you know. You're on the Titans. People what are you figured him out too. So, I uh, they're just going to hire a young head coach who's going to want to rebuild, and that'll be it. But I'm proud of them for playing spoiler with the Jags. Yeah, big big statement, and uh, yeah, that 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 was. I mean, it was a good send off for Derrick Henry. Like you can say, you you won your last game on the Titans. Yeah, good send off for Vrabel. Won your last game on the Titans. And it it's kind of like the end of an era, really, for this team. Like it's it's crazy. Like I'm just trying to think like some good landing spots for. I mean, Vrabel can go at a bunch. We'll talk coaches later, but for just Derrick Henry, oh my God, he's sign him on a one or two year deal. Like he's gonna he's gonna get signed, like a thousand percent. They're gonna have to pay him like a de- oh good money, because he's lot. he's not like a regular. He's a huge running back. I, know I mean, he's, not he's, a, he's he's probably maybe the biggest running back name in the league. I, I, he's probably still top ten. Here's the thing, though: is like he's gonna want. Oh, please don't go to the Chiefs. He's gonna want more money than he's probably worth. I would think. Oh, definitely. But he he I has hope he like doesn't the name. go to the Chiefs. Nah, they got Pacheco. They're good. They're fine. 
He's not really what, a what's pass a good la- catching. What's a good landing spot for him then? Saints? Nah, they got Alvin Kamara. He needs to go somewhere where he's not going to have to be a pass catching back. Like he's just a big back that it's runs not, in. Yeah, it's not really what he does. So none of these like crazy, tricky, high-powered, you know, throwing the ball a lot offenses. Like, you know, he he wouldn't work with the Dolphins or the Chiefs, really. Mm, what about Vikings? I kind of thought of that. I could I could see that they don't have Dalvin Cook anymore. Yeah, and what's his name sucks. Ooh, this would be this would be insane, and I don't think they would do it. Baltimore. I was thinking Baltimore or Bills. But they have Cook over there. No, now. I guess James Cook is doing really well, actually. He's working out, yeah. He's, they've kind of – it's been helping them that they've established a run game. Um, what other teams? I don't know. Like, he, he, he's not going to go to a rebuild team. Like, that's not going to make any sense for him. I doubt – unless they paid him, like, something stupid. Mm, yeah. I don't I, – I really couldn't tell you. He, because – the Titans culture have been more of a like He is the Titans culture. That's, basically. that's what I'm saying. Like like the Titans culture has just been like, you know, they're not a pass heavy, you just boom, boom. Or like a couple of years ago it was just like boom, up the gut, kill you, boom. Like just run it. Ooh. And it's cause of him. Cow cowboys? Nah, they're they're too pass heavy. Okay. But so, somebody's I, gonna, somebody's I gonna sign him and it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm hyped. I can't wait to see where he goes. Um, I'm kind of seeing. I I don't know. What do you I, think? Bucks a little bit. Ooh, Baker. I, oh, I could see that. Baker and it'd his be Bucks. a weird thing to see Derrick Henry in a Bucks uniform. Like it's it's weirder than some other teams for some reason. But they could work. They I could. feel like it works. Um. Anyway, one last game to get to in Week 18: Bills and Dolphins. I'm excited to get into this one. Josh Allen is the reason why the Bills start to lose games, and he's the reason why they win. Right. He just is. I can't explain it. He's the reason why they win he's, these games. He's like their their strength, but he's also like their kryptonite. When I go through the stats of these games, and I'm like, who's putting up numbers for the Bills? Like, how are they getting – who's getting them yards? Who's getting them touchdowns? It's all Josh Allen. It's all – it's everything is him. Just watch. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's hard to explain. Just watch the Bills play, and you'll see every iota of offense is just is just Josh Allen absolutely carrying this team. Aside from when they hand it off to James Cook, who's pretty good. And even then, that's because they have to back off of Josh Allen because he's going to throw something wild. The only person that can beat Josh Allen is himself. He's the only one. Josh Allen this game threw like two picks, and they were really stupid. They were not, oh, that's a great play by the defender. They were in good. It was, And it wasn't even like the guy was open. It was a bad pass. It was just like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing that ball? It's like Josh Allen just trying to force a play that's like clearly not there, and mm-hmm. it's just like resulting in bad, bad play. Nobody can beat him but himself. He throws he when he throws picks, it's because he's at the fifty yard line and he scrambles out and he's looking around and then he launches it into the back of the end zone with triple coverage on Gabe Davis and then it gets picked off. 
there's some stuff where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's nothing here. Like, I can see from the TV that there's nothing here. I'm like, he's going to throw this away. And then he throws a pick, and I'm like, what are you doing? I, 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 don't, I don't know. It kind of makes me feel like uh, like Brett Favre a little bit. Because like, Brett Favre, he had some crazy passes, but he also threw some picks. Yeah. They kinda, both have, like, one of the most wild arms of all. Like, Josh Allen and Brett Favre also have, like, crazy just ability. Yeah. I think it's interesting. So Bills and Josh Allen were probably at their best a couple of years ago when Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator there. And I think it's something to be said about having a massively, massively talented quarterback. And you need a a strong coach figure to reel him in. I, I And I think when Brian Dable went to the, the Giants, they kind of lost that. And there's nobody to reel in Josh Allen anymore, so he just launches it. And when it's time to play hero ball at the end of the game, it works. But at, it, doesn't, the, it doesn't always work. In the first quarter, it doesn't really work. So I I think there's just something to be said about a, a, a strong coach figure to, to reel in the players. I mean, even look at um, Patrick Mahomes in, in college didn't win games. And then it took, like, Andy Reid to kind of, like, reel him in. Plus, he has great weapons. I don't know. Maybe it's not the best comparison. But I don't know this this Bills team. I, I think Josh Allen is massively talented. I think he's the whole team. They'll beat the Steelers in the first round. After that, they have the talent to go far. I've always been a Bills truther for the past couple of years. I'm like, oh, this is the year. They beat the Bengals and they beat the Chiefs and they go to the Super Bowl. But... You know, one of those games, bad Josh Allen shows up and it just doesn't happen. So I don't know this season. He he's kind of like Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. Like you, you like you, and sometimes you get both of him in, in the game, and it's like sometimes he does enough to counter like his flaws. But the thing about the playoffs is like he he like this game he had against the Dolphins where he almost threw the game away. You mm-hmm. can't have that against the Chiefs. Yeah, you can't have that against like Ravens or like any. Or, Niners, like whoever they face in the play, you, you just can't have. That. Well, you won't, you won't win the game. You'll lose. Most likely, all right. There's two scenarios. So they're going to play the Steelers. They're going to beat the Steelers in the first round. Hopefully, knock on wood. Can you when, imagine if the Steelers win? Oh my god, they won't. There's no T.J. Watt. He's injured. Mm. It's, it's not. I, I would bet the. I would bet the house on it. Wow. Sunny. I think <sighs> so. The, in the, the second inter- round, the internet would erupt if the Steelers won. Oh yeah, if I like put up my entire yeah. <laughs> no, it won't happen. It won't happen. It won't happen. Bills will win this game. True belief. They're the second seed. That means that in the second round, they're probably playing the Chiefs, which is like what we want. Yeah, but they're playing in Buffalo and not Arrowhead. Which is a first for Patrick Mahomes, as I don't think he's ever played a playoff game, not at home. That's right. Now, Bills already beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Granted, there was a Kadarius Tony offside that negated a touchdown that probably would have won the game for the for the Chiefs. Although Josh Allen with, you know, fifty seconds to go down the field and get a field goal is not totally out of the question. <sighs> I'm excited for this Bills team. 
I, I, what am I even talking about? I don't even remember. I've just been like ranting on. What, no, what subject are we on we're, right we're now? T- we're talking about the Bills uh, beating the Dolphins. Okay. And uh, I like totally forgot no, what no, segment no, we're, 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 we're on. We're, we're on topic. Okay. We're on topic. Um, um, couple, right. well, couple other matchups the- really quick that they're not as big or I guess one. Well, they, I mean, all of these games we're talking about right now, they did decide seeding. So next one here, Rams beating the Niners, which a lot of people are like, oh, it was kind of a pointless game. And like both sides sat players out, but it did determine who was going to play the Cowboys. So because the Rams won, mm-hmm. they don't they did not have to play the Cowboys. Nice. They get to play the Lions. Yeah. This is like rematch. This is like a trade rematch or like a trade I don't even know what this is. like can you think of a timeline or just a time when like this scenario played out where like two teams traded for quarterbacks and then a year or two later, they both ended up in like playoffs against each other with those same quarterbacks at the starting position. I don't think this has happened in I, ever, I in a while. I can't, I can't think, think of, of anything. Like where both teams, like it benefited both of them. Thanks to the heroics of Carson Wentz, by the way, <laughs> oh, yeah. scoring that touchdown at the end of the game and then going for two. Never thought I'd be saying that. Hold on. There's a stat I want to pull up for. Yeah. Uh, um, it's going to be hard to find, but like I. For the Rams I'll, and Niners? No, it's for uh, it's for, for later in the show when we talk about the Dolphins oh, okay. again. I'll, um, I'll also go. So Packers, my beloved Packers, beat the Bears. They had a win to get in. Now, I'm going to be just real with you guys. I was pretty nervous about this game. Bears playing for nothing. I mean, I shouldn't say nothing, but. A lot of people, coaching staff, you know, they're obviously trying hard. It's the last week. They want to beat the Packers. Uh, crazy stat, but uh, going into this game, the pa- the Bears had not beat the Packers in five years. Wow. And f- I'm sorry, five seasons. Excuse me. Feels like they were overdue. Yes. And a lot of people thought like, all right, this is the year that the Bears are going to, you know, beat the Packers and break that um, that streak. Well, that would not happen. The Bears lost. Um. I'm not going to say they got destroyed, but like there were big like kind of sparks in the game with Jordan Love, and we're I mean I don't know I've been like kind of on a roller coaster with this team. Like started the season pretty decent, my expectations were low, and then he kind of like regressed a little bit. And I think people just saw him on film and they kind of figured him out. And then the Packers had a bunch of people injured, and like I think the Packers are the youngest team in the in the NFL playoffs right now. Average oh, yeah. age is like. 23 or 24 like this is a super young team so you know my my expectations were low and then towards the end of the season we kind of went on a little bit of a run here and I was not expecting the Packers to get to the playoffs this year I was just kind of banking on a few wins and then we get to see what Jordan Love is the -hmm. fact that we're even going to the playoffs like this is like bonus time it's like we it's like it's like a video game we beat the video game this is just like a bonus level like it doesn't not that it doesn't matter, but in my line of expectations, like I didn't foresee us here. So this is all just like this is like the cherry on top. Like, cool. Yeah, I think because the Packers have one of the youngest teams in the league, not just in the playoffs, I I think nobody's gonna fault them for losing to the Cowboys, who are really good, especially at home this year. 
I think that the Packers can definitely pull off an upset. I mean, I'll get to it later, but nobody's going to fault them for losing. Jordan Love in October, early, kind of early-ish midway through the year was not good. I mean, he was pretty bad. We were both looking at our teams. More like, like, uh, like we're just bad. We're really bad this year. And then both our teams got real hot. Jordan loves picking it up. Uh, there's a future there. I think the Packers, it might be too early to speak, but it, it seems like they've landed a third quarterback in a row who's really good. Maybe he, he might not be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but, I mean, he's good. In, he's obviously good enough to take you to the playoffs. Yeah. And this was half the year he was bad, and it was kind of down. He's just going to improve. I think the Packers are going to be just fine in the future. Uh, on top of that, Aaron Jones, who was missing some games in the middle. He missed a few games in the middle. Like he was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he is healthy. He nice. is the better back of uh, Dylan and Jones. So, like, it is cool that we have him healthy. Now, Dylan's out now, but I think having Jones gives us at least some sort of, like, promise and some sort of, like, hope that we may be able to do something against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, really quick, though, like, Jordan Love's wide receiver core is, like, just a bunch of, like, rookies and, like, like new guys. Yeah. Like, I think Christian Watson is, like, one of the veterans in the wide receiver. And he, this is his second year. Yeah. Can which you imagine is, if Alan Lazard stayed? That would have been kind Oh, of Lazard would have been the, the main dude. But he followed oh. Rodgers to the Jets. So now Christian Watson, who didn't play this game, didn't mm-hmm. play the game before either. Yeah. Hopefully he, we get him against the Cowboys. But it's just crazy that Christian Watson is, like, the veteran and he's a he's a second year player he's a sophomore he's a veteran yeah that is that is crazy to me so it's like i think we got this new guy wicks we signed him off our practice squad i don't know why we didn't sign him before the dude is like six five six he's huge ginormous wide receiver um you know reed playing good um our tight ends looking good um jones is healthy we just need dylan back like i don't know this team is showing promise I'm not really expecting us to beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm going into that game just with like low expectations like I've had all season. And like I just want Jordan Love to get a touchdown. That's it. We can lose by 30. I'm fine with it. I can make my peace with it. But I think it'd just be good for Jordan Love to get a touchdown in, like, in, a, in a playoff game. I think that'd be a huge thing for him. And that he could say, you know what? I know what it takes to get to the playoffs. And I know what it takes to score in the playoffs. Like, I think that'd be a good thing for him. So if if they win this game, though, mm-hmm. just, pff, I'm going to be like blowing you up. Like I'm going to. I hope the Packers win this game. I, <laughs> I will. I will be rooting for the. Cowboys here's here's the thing, though. Is like, I feel like sometimes opponents can get in their head about things. You know, Mike McCarthy is like, he's a little nervous. Yeah. Like, if he loses, he's fired. Oh, you think you think he's fired? Yes. Oh, okay. I think he's gone. Um, Dak, do you think he's a little nervous about this team? Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing: the pressure's all on the Cowboys. The Packers have no pressure to win this game. The, right. Like making the playoffs is like, oh wow, nice, congratulations. Like There's beating nothing. the Bears was our Super Bowl. Yeah, that that was it for us. Like we're we're this is just like a bonus game. <laughs> I mean, Cowboys are like NFC Championship game or bust. It seems right. And if they lose to the Packers with their first-year quarterback, one of the youngest teams in the league, at home, I mean, that's, you know. It's not good. 
I'll we'll get into it later with the with our playoff predictions. Yep. For now, though, we're gonna switch on over to college football a little bit. Yeah. As the college football playoffs have already played out. So, firstly, there was the Rose Bowl, which was Michigan and Alabama. That's right. That's right. Two very, very good coaches, Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban, which we will also get to in a little bit. This game went to overtime, which is, I mean, college football playoff games are awesome. This one was awesome, 27 to 20. Uh, I think what everybody will remember from this game is the is the special team blunders. It's funny that you land like I literally landed in the middle of the video. Yeah, (laughs) there was a lot of special team blunders, bad punts, muffed punts, missed field goals. It was especially for Michigan. It was just it's just jitters and like I don't know. Like think of these these guys are nineteen, twenty years old, and they've got. Millions and millions, of and the whole of country watching. Yeah, because oh. this is this is this was the only game on at that time. I think. Yeah. So they're literally the entire country's watching, and everybody's off New Year's. So we're just we're just watching. Yeah. No, and, and listen, this was a great game. The narratives with these two teams coming into the game was very different throughout the course of the season. So one. Michigan last year lost a very close game to TCU in the playoffs. They had a lot of their players coming back, and they started the season very, very dominant. To be fair, they didn't really play anybody of note for the beginning of the season. So they dominated everybody. Their first task was Penn State, and that was only after the whole Jim Harbaugh cheating allegations. So he was suspended for the last three games of the season, Sharon Moore. Uh, offensive coordinator or maybe defensive coordinator, one of the two, coached. They beat Penn State pretty bad despite not even throwing the ball in the second half. They go next game, have a tough kind of close game against Maryland. Then they play the game against Ohio State, biggest rivalry there is, and they win. And because, honestly, the winner of the Ohio State game, uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game, probably would have been the difference between the playoffs. If Ohio State won that game, they would have beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, and they would be in the playoffs playing Alabama. And But because Michigan won that game by six and on a game-winning interception, now they're champions. Spoiler alert. But it was, And then Alabama this season always has high expectations. I mean, always, because, you know, it's Alabama. Week two, Texas comes to Tuscaloosa and beats them by 10. It's pretty bad. And Texas looked amazing. But Alabama is now like, oh, my God, lost in week two in Tuscaloosa. Like, how often does that happen? People were calling for Jalen Milrow to be benched. The star- I mean, the starting quarterback who finished sixth in Heisman voting. They're calling him to be benched over the course of the season. They got better and better. They had conference play. They blew out Ole Miss and LSU, some good teams. And then finally they get to the SEC championship. And they Kirby Smart was on a 29-game win streak with Georgia. Two-time reigning champion, and they beat them. They beat them by like they beat them by three, I think only. Very close. They play Michigan. Jalen Miller plays pretty well. Michigan's run game is amazing as always, and it's fourth and goal in overtime, about the three-yard line. Yeah. Let me break this down. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure all of you watch the game. Um, Jalen Milrow takes the snap, 
and he runs pretty much as a quarterback draw, runs it, runs it up the middle of the line, and he gets stopped with no yardage. It looked like he almost slipped. Like, watch that run forward. I think he hit his guy's leg. Like, he looks like he didn't, like, step right or something. He hit one of his linemen's, I mean, look at it. He hits one of the linemen's legs. Oh, that's what it is. His lineman gets, like, pushed. His guy gets pushed backwards right here. And he trips over it. See? His lineman's, like, getting about to get pancaked. Now, Now, I mean, let's just say his lineman didn't get pushed back that far. Far, do you think he gets a couple more yards here? There's two scenarios here in how this could have gone to double overtime or how they could have tied the game here. There's all right. Firstly, the one of the more obvious ones, if he doesn't fall over, he easily could have bounced out left and ran it in the end zone. It's not out of the probability. Jalen Miller was like one of the best college football runners there, like quarterback runners there is. He's not as fast and as shifty as Lamar Jackson, but he's super fast and, like, big and powerful. I think if he bounced out left and he had a little bit of steam, I don't think I don't think any uh, corner or safety stops him from getting in the end zone. If it's a one, if he bounce out, bounces out left and there's a corner that has to make a one-on-one tackle, Jalen Milrow gets in. Now there's another thing that happened on that last play. You can go back to right, or I, it's fine here. The center for Alabama had a really bad game this game. Watching it, he was snapping it low all game. Now look at what Alabama is running here. They've got, they're on the right hash mark. They've got one wide receiver to the right and two on the left. The running back starts on the right of Jalen Milrow and swings out left. Now if you look at Michigan's defense, there's two corners on each or there's one corner for each receiver, and then there's a linebacker who's running left. I think what was supposed to happen was this pl- with this play was there was going to be an RPO, like a ru- they were going to swing it to the running back. Right, and l- let him try to split the defender or something. And if the snap, I think because the snap was low, Jalen Milrow picked it up and he just ran with it. Now l- look, just watch the play come out and watch the linebacker and the running back and see if... If the ball – see, look where it's, it's snapped at his at his feet. I think if he caught the snap properly and if it was up at his chest or up by his shoulders and they swing it out to the running back, if these receivers hold their blocks, I think this guy could have gotten into the end zone. Just just watch him. See, but the thing is, like, I can't really tell. Does he even look to the left? Like, does he – or he just bails on the play? I think he just bails on the play. Oh, yeah, was, I think he, he sees – they bail on the play. He didn't and, even look. Yeah, and all the – Bama, all the Bama, oh, geez, offensive line is pushing to the right, and I think he sees he can just go in, bounce out left, and get in. But he trips over his guy's legs. Also, Michigan's like the best tackling team in the league. Also, another thing to note, Michigan's defense averaged, like, they Michigan this whole year only averaged, they let up like 10 points a game or something on average. Yeah. So their defense is amazing. Anywho, next game, Texas-Washington, Sugar Bowl. A lot of good games we had. Yeah, oh yeah. Washington was the undefeated Pac-12 champ. A lot of people kind of doubted them in their first matchup against Oregon. Every analysis said, well, Oregon's more well-rounded. They have a better run game, better defense. Washington's mostly just Michael Penix in his really good receiver room. 
I don't think, you know, they're going to beat Oregon. They beat Oregon. Then in the next matchup against Oregon, Oregon was favored by 10 points. Despite losing to Washington prior, Washington goes out and wins. They're they're thirteen and or what are they? Yeah, they're thirteen and zero coming into this. They play Texas, who's twelve and one, only lost to Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry game. It's a mouthful. Anyway, <laughs> Sugar Bowl. Michael Penix in this game, quarterback for the Huskies, threw for like four hundred and thirty yards or something something absurd, something unbelievable like that. I don't know if it's four hundred thirty on the dot. But it's it's right around that, and they have I th- I think they have two probably first round wide receivers that can go, Romo Odunze Odunze something like that. Romo Odunze, their top wide receiver, might go like top fifteen. Jalen Polk might go back of the first round, and then even Jalen McMillan, their slot guy, is really good too. I mean, the matchups doesn't really – it's interesting with Washington because traditionally you look at college, really, really good college football teams. The best teams like the SEC teams are just really good line of scrimmage. They have a very strong run game. Yeah, they'll have a good quarterback and good wide receivers, but it's just ground and pound. They control the offensive and defensive line. They get to the quarterback. They run the ball. This team is kind of an unconventional playoff football team they just i mean they they didn't have the better line of scrimmage probably didn't have the better defense in any aspect uh against the texans or against texas or against michigan all they had was the better quarterback and the better wide receivers and michael Penix put on a show i would say his closest comparison entering the draft is probably tua i don't know if that's just because they're both left-handed but I think they're really, really good pocket passers. Michael Penix mobile. throws huh? both, both really mobile. Yeah, they're both they're both mobile, but you kind of got to keep them in the pocket or else they get flustered, as we kind of saw against Michigan, and we've seen Tua do. I, I mean, he just throws a beautiful ball. There are some passes in this game where he just lets it fly, and it's it's just an unbelievable pass. He's super talented. He'll go high in the draft. I'm excited for him. A lot of teams this, that need quarterbacks next yeah. year. So anyway, in the third quarter, Texas kind of lets this game get away from them. Washington starts pulling away. What was it in the first, fourth quarter? Like probably like at some point it was like 34 to 21 or something like that. Uh, yeah. I think it was a two-score game for sure. 28 to 34 and then, yeah. With five minutes. 28 to 34 and Washington has the ball. So eventually they give it they give it up. They don't get the ball back. Or no, wait. No, they score up these wait. Yeah, okay. So they all right. It's all coming back to me. They <laughs> scored they scored a field goal to go up 37 to 28. Texas earlier when they were down 21 to 34 and then they scored a touchdown. I think they should have gone for two. Because now that Washington has the field goal, and if it's 28 to 37, they're nine points down. They're still two scores away. They can't do it. They need an extra point. They need a, or they need a, sorry, an onside kick, or they need a stop. They should have gone for two. Because if it was 29 to 37, then they could have just gone and tied it. 
Washington gets the ball and the game should be over. Texas has two timeouts and they're running the ball and they should just take a knee on third down, punt it, and then Texas gets the ball back on their own 10-yard line with like 11 seconds left and the game is over. Everything went right for the tech for for the Longhorns. One, the Huskies running back on third down got injured, which stops any in, too injured to walk off the field. They have to stop play. That means stopping the clock. That's like a free timeout for them. Clock stops. Then they punted away, and it was some like roughing the. Rec- I don't know if roughing the receiver is the word for it, but. They touched the they touched the the receiver for the the receiver of the punt, and that gives what that gives Texas fifteen yards and it stops the clock. So instead of getting the ball with ten seconds left and on their ten yard line, they got the ball back with fifty seconds left on their twenty five yard line. That's much more manageable. Texas drives down the field. They have two big passes near the sideline. They Great get out of bounds. passes now. If you skip ahead a little bit, it's – there's 15 seconds left. And Texas is probably like 15 yards away if I remember. Hold on. Okay. Texas is 12 yards out the end zone, 15 seconds left. You, you No timeouts. You got to throw it near the sideline or you got to put it in the end zone. What the – what Texas did – on the first one was they did this weird little like pitch thing to their running back that got them no yards. He got out of bounds, but they lost five seconds. So I thought that was dumb. Then with 10 seconds left, 12 yards out, they throw two, two twice in a row. They throw two like streaker back of the end zone lobs that are just low percentage balls. They have good wide receivers and they had a w- wide receiver that did early in the game. You know, when they got they got a guy one-on-one, they throw a one-on-one jump ball in the back of the end zone. The guy comes up with it, and it's real cool. They did that earlier in the game, and they try to do it twice at the end of the game. I don't like it. I think the, the lob in the back of the end zone on a one-on-one pass is very low percentage. I think you got to have crossing routes, and I get it. You can't be stopped short of the end zone because then the game's over. But I don't get the, I don't get the lob to the back of uh, watch this last play and it's a great play by the defender and they did it the play before too Quinn Ewers great quarterback takes a snap one on one to their good receiver lob it to the back of the end zone and the corner the corner pops it out of bounds game's over why don't you have a couple of guys crossing in the middle or something i don't like the play i don't like twice in a row back of the end zone it's just a low percentage ball what do you think? I, 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 I'm just kind of like, I mean, watch, I like I was watching, I watched probably the, the last half of this game, mm. and that drive, like, especially the last drive, I was like, they, the plays they picked, I'm just like, I get it, like, there's only, you have less than a minute left, they're trying to just rush down the field, but it just didn't, it, it just kind of felt a little sloppy. Yeah. Like, they played this great game, and then at the end it just felt like, I don't know. Like, do they have? I'm, I'm trying to see if they had any timeouts left or not. Like, I would just say, no, they, they, they were didn't out. have any timeouts. They had, for this so drive. They, they they didn't have any time to talk it over. So it was just like, all right, this is what we got. But they have great wide receivers on this yeah. team. Like, I don't. Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell are both really, really good. Like, I don't know. It's just 
Like, look at the. I'm trying to look at the left side. Like, look at all these receivers that go left. He has like three or four receivers that go left. Also on this, yeah. Also on this last ball, if if Quinn Ewers threw it at his chest, I think this would have been a, a catch. Look at look at what position he's in. Oh, if he look at the he has like what one two three maybe three yards in front of him mm-hmm. that there's nobody there. Like the nearest defender I, number four is just like he's a good four four yards away. No, maybe five five yards away. Like. It might be, it if might, this ball I, wasn't at, overthrown, I, this guy's in the middle of the. I think oh, this, this guy's, is this uh, guy's ten yards away. This is overtime. Yeah, well, they would have probably gotten the extra point, but it would have been a win for Texas. Yeah. Anyway, happy for the Huskies. They go and they play Michigan, and historically, championship games are blowouts. This one kind of disappointed. It was a blowout. Washington was held to what was it, thirteen to thirty-four. Something like that. Yeah, not as exciting as the the bowl games, but... That's the thing. Michael Penix was banged up this game. Their running back was banged up. Michigan's defense and pass rush is really good. That's the thing that concerns me with Michael Penix uh, and the difference between him and a guy like Caleb Williams is when you get them out of the pocket, it's tougher for them to make plays. Even though, they, even though they're mobile, it's still more flustering. There was also a lot of offsides by the offensive linemen for Washington, and I think that's just be being nervous against Michigan's defensive line. Also, something there was some stat at the end of the first quarter, Michigan was averaging 19 yards a run. And that's insane. Because they had just huge breakout runs. Washington couldn't stop the run. You can't stop the run against Michigan. You're going to lose. Michigan gets to you. I think I this was one of those things one of those uh, oh situations, and I I don't mean to say it in hindsight because I know that I was saying like how close the games were, the Rose Bowl, and it was. It went to overtime. I think by like week nine this year, it reminds me a lot of how I felt when uh, you remember when Baylor won the the championship. They won March Madness a couple yeah. of years ago. It reminds me of the same way I felt about Baylor. When I was watching Baylor in the regular season that year, I looked at that team and I thought they were going to win the championship. Gonzaga was undefeated that year. Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, they were amazing. I just saw Baylor and I was like, they're going to win. And I picked Baylor to win in the national championship on my March Madness bracket, and they did. And just watching this Michigan team, it's tough, you know, because Bama and Georgia is always so good. But they just seem so stacked at everywhere defensively and you can't stop their run game you gotta sell out for the i mean look at this you gotta sell out for their run game and then jj mccarthy just passes it to roman wilson he gets 17 yards their defensive line in their corners their defense was just amazing this is one of the best defenses i've ever seen they, they almost felt like an nfl defense like they were just too good that's how that's the thing is that you look at all these are all sunday players they're all going to the NFL. They they stacked, and that's how teams always win. That's how Georgia went on their historic run, and that's how Bama won all those don, you know won all those years, and that's what LSU did in 2019. You just stack your team with NFL players, and I know it sounds obvious, but it's true. It's, it's how you win. All, a lot of these defense, a lot of these defensive players are going to play in the NFL. Probably all the linemen are too, or are going to be like starters in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, people are people are saying this defense would go toe to toe with 2019 LSU, which, if you may recall, was 
Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Oh, that'd be a good now. That'd be it'd be close. People on Twitter are like LSU would dog walk them or whatever like mm-hmm. that would destroy them. It'd be close. It, I think it'd be close. I this Michigan defense is super stacked. It just. I don't know what to say about it. Everywhere. they may. I mean, Michael Penix is great. He threw for 430 yards against Texas. And they stifled him to 100-something this game probably. Maybe maybe low 200s. He threw picks. He looked bad. They get up in his face. Tougher wide receivers to get open. I mean, yeah. Fun year. Next year there will be a 12-team playoff as Ooh, well as uh, – So the- an, an extra week of games? Extra weekend? Yeah. Okay. Pac-12 is no longer a thing, and then Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, so they'll be it'll be more competitive. And what I like about the 12-team playoff is since uh, teams are moving to divisions to make them more competitive, you don't have to worry about losing one game and then not making the playoffs. So you don't have to have like an undefeated record to get yeah. the playoffs. Oh, speaking of one, – one last point to close our uh, college football – thing this season people were complaining about fsu yep a lot of people oh and the was it like 20 players that sat out or something and i said georgia was gonna smack them i said georgia plus 37 do you know what the final score was of that game oh, i was like 50 something it was 63 oh, to 3 i didn't watch it so i just knew it was like gonna be kind of a blowout i mean when 20 of your starters don't play if they all played, it would have been fifty. It would have been fifty-three to ten. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Georgia ran for over over three hundred yards on them, or something unbelievable like that. If all their, if FSU played against, if FSU played against Michigan, they would have gotten destroyed. I'm glad we didn't get that. We got an overtime game and a thriller in the Sugar Bowl. Even though this championship was a blowout, like not as bad as last year's, but. You know, I I'm just very very happy with the playoff committee right now. Anyway, we should talk about the Rose Bowl coaches. Yep, they so. uh, they're going through some changes today. Uh, I guess we should start with Saban, Saban first. Yeah. So Saban announced his retirement from college football. Um, it seems like. I mean, this is just kind of the vibe I get. Sonny, you can kind of chime in here. That he isn't saying yes to the NFL, but he's not saying no. But it does sound like he is going to take at least a year off or some time off before he does anything. It sounds like, not like he's tired, but he just wants like a little break. Like at least for a a season. One one off season. Like he just wants like to not coach for one season. Which, you know, he's been there for years and years. Mm-hmm. kind of like he kind of is the culture really like he changed the culture there oh for sure so like for him to not to leave it's like obviously big shoes to fill for Alabama but I just I don't know something in my gut tells me he will go to an NFL team I just don't know if it's next season I don't I don't know why do, do you feel that or no is that just me or I don't think he's going to an NFL team next season. I think no, he'll... no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. Like, to, like uh, going at, like two seasons from now. Sorry, I was reading his stats. I may have misheard you. Um, two seasons. Okay, so not this down the line. He could. He already did coach in the NFL, and it didn't really work out. 
Might give him another shot. I so don't, somebody might. I don't see him returning to college because he's like the college goat coach. Yeah, he's proven himself. And already. like Bama is sort of – I mean, it, you know, it's changing of course. But you look over the past 15 years or past 10 years, it's just been Alabama. It's right. like you think of college football, Alabama is on top. And he was there for the whole thing. I don't think he can return to college. I don't. He can't be anywhere but Alabama. I mean, he could return to Alabama. I might see that, but I can't see him coaching like Auburn or LSU or you know, or even a Big Ten school or something like that. I think he'll take a break and maybe he'll come back. I'm not sure. Seven national titles for Nick Saban. That is crazy. Two hundred ninety-two wins. Forty-nine players selected in the first seventeen round. seasons. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, Sonny, how old are you? 17. He's been coaching. For as long as you've been alive. Yeah. With, with this school. Yeah. <laughs> 17 or seven national championships. Unbelievable. That is, that is insane. Nine, 19 bowl wins. My God. Which is, you know, more than each season averaging. He's averaging like 1.1. 1. 1 a season? <laughs> bowl wins a season. So. Jesus. It's interesting. He's yeah, he's amazing. There's some rumors of who is to replace him because that is kind of I would say the biggest job in one of probably the biggest job in sports is the Alabama head coach. Oh wait, two funny things about Alabama uh regarding players that I just think are fun facts. So you remember I was saying that the center of Alabama had a pretty bad game against Michigan? And uh, he kept snapping the ball low and all that. Yeah. An hour or two after the game. I mean, like, the same night. <laughs> Alabama starting center enters the dra- <laughs> enters the transfer portal, which basically just means he had a really bad game. Nick Saban kicked him out. Now he's in Ohio State. But I think that's funny. He had a horrible game, and he immediately got kicked. He basically got kicked out. Also... <laughs> Five-star receiver Ryan Williams has decommitted from Alabama today after Nick Saban's retirement. Oh, he's like, why Why would I want to stay here? Even though they'll have Jalen Milrow, who's the, the, way too, the, the way too early uh, Heisman favorite, who's a you know, great quarterback. But yeah, I, it's, I think it's still funny he left. That's, he basically he acted fast on this news then. Quicker than anybody else. He's just like, oh, okay, I'm out. Later, guys. <laughs> All right. So here's what ESPN said, or here's what they put out of people that could possibly replace Nick Saban. All right. And these are Let's all college coaches. I'll tell you what team there are and, you know, what they're doing. Can you hear that when my mic lags out? Sometimes, like, my headphones lag out. Can you hear that? No, I can't hear anything. Okay, that's fine then. All right. Debo Sweeney. Debo Sweeney? Coach of Clemson. Okay. I think he's got a pretty good job in Clemson. I think he should stay in Clemson. But... I think he should stay in Clemson. Clemson was really good. They had a down year this year, but then they finished the season really strong. Yeah. And uh, everybody's saying, you know, seems like we're back and all that. I think there's pros and cons to the next thought I'm about to say. I think being in the SEC is more competitive for sure, than the ACC where Clemson is. 
So it depends on where you want to be. In the next year, in the four-team or in the 12-team playoff format, the top four teams are going to be the winners of uh, the power, like the major, I guess they're power four now, the power four conferences because there's no Pac-12 anymore. So you know like in the NFL, the Bucks are the four seed even though they're nine and eight. And the Eagles are the 10 seed, even though they're, you know, they have a better record. Right. Um, or the, what I say, the five seed? I say the 10 seed. They, they're the fives. The, you know, the top four teams all have to be out of the different conferences. It's going to be like that in the college football playoffs with, you know, one one of the top four teams that get a bye has to come out of the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Big 10. So... I think Clemson is probably going to win the big or the ACC, sorry, this year if, you know, they're coming back like people say they are. And you might miss out on a bye if you go to the SEC. Anyway, I think Dave Sweeney should stay. Next one, Dan Lanning, coach of Oregon. Okay. He's young and he's real good. I think he should also, I think he will stay in Oregon. I don't think he's, he's leaving because they just signed. So Bo Nix is leaving, but. They uh, got a transfer, Dylan Gabriel, who transferred from Oklahoma, and he's also one of the favorites to win the Heisman next year. Mm. So I think he could. I think he'll stay. Well, yeah, it's like why wouldn't you stay? Like coach that guy. Next one though, Kalen DeBoer, the coach of the Huskies. Now the Huskies, Washington Huskies, did really good this year, but they're not expected to do as good next year because they're losing all their receivers and Michael Penix. But he is a very, very good coach. So I don't know what you think about this. I think this is more likely than the other two. But the other ones are Steve Sarkeesian, coach of the coach of the Longhorns. I don't, oh yeah, I, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he's leaving there either. Uh, some people. Uh, I got one for you that I don't think is on that list, mm. and uh, it has to do with some of the news that came out today. Should I save it or should I? Because I think you go for it. Say. Go okay. for it. Go for it. Guy who's not, uh, you know, he's 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 definitely comfortable in the college community. Mm. He's got a, a Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. and uh, he now has uh, a lot of time on his hands. I'm talking about Pete Carroll, who I think who also has a college national championship win. Yep, I think he'd be a great fit. He kind of has like that. I, I always feel like Pete Carroll has like this college like kind of like winning like culture that he brought like from USC over to Seattle. Like I feel like he, he kind of carries that. And I think he still is a lot like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he would fit in really well with yeah. what they're doing in Alabama. And I don't know if he wants to do that. I don't know if he wants to go back to college. It looks like he wants it, – it honestly, it, like there were some exit interviews – I saw with the Seahawks, and it sounded like he thought he was going to stay with the Seahawks. Like he was going to, like he was going to go into the off season getting ready for the next season. I did not hear. Like I was surprised anything. to hear that he was he was getting. Fired. I heard nothing of this until I just opened my phone. Pete Carroll's off the Seahawks. I was totally taken. I mean, never did it enter my radar. Nobody on the internet is saying that they predicted it or that it was – I think it's just totally it, out it of It wasn't on anybody's like bingo card. 
No, no. I mean, and why would it be? He's a great coach. The Seahawks did pretty well this year. They, wa- they won the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah, they by like a landslide. They had all those picks. They're like they're they're doing good. I think he could. I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely respected in the college football community. That his USC team between like two thousand four two thousand five was one of the best college football teams of all time. I I think this is a pretty good job. I mean, this is you know. One of the most highly touted jobs in the sport. I don't know if he wants to take a break. A lot of coaches do that. They take a break for a year or two. Yeah, take a season off and kind of brainstorm a little bit. I could see the coach also on this list. The other two that I didn't mention are Lane Kiffin and Kellen DeBoer. Okay. Or not Kellen DeBoer, sorry, uh, Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell, coach of FSU. I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's going to stay just because of all the controversy there. I don't think he mm. wants to like bail on them. Lane yeah. Kiffin, coach of Ole Miss, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't. He doesn't really. Ole Miss is fine, but they're the kind of little brother in the SEC. Yeah, they're not Alabama or Georgia or LSU, and it wouldn't be unheard of to move up a spot. Oh, and then the last one on this list, James Franklin. James Franklin, coach of Penn State, never beats Ohio State or Michigan. Bama doesn't want a guy that can't beat the best. So I feel like Alabama's going to be really like picky with who they put in here. Yeah, they're not going to a guy who beats everybody in the Big Ten, but he can't beat Michigan or Ohio State. I, I they're going to want somebody proven with like a good record, and oh, they're going to want Pete Carroll. That, that's the thing is like that doesn't that feel like such a good match for him? Like I don't yeah. know how long Pete Carroll wants to coach, whether it be NFL or college, but he we looked it up before the show. He is seventy. Two now, he doesn't want to rebuild with the team. I That's don't what think. I'm saying, and I'm like, look, Alabama has such a good scouting, and they have like such a good like their coaches are good, their program's good. Mm-hmm. Like it's no like even without saving, they're still a good school and a good program. Yeah, and they still have a lot of good players. Honestly, I think it'd be good for him to sign like a four or five year deal and go to like Alabama and just that, be like it would be very cool. Like finish your finish your coaching career. At a place where you're basically going to be worshipped, people already know you're like a like a football genius, and they're just going to let you do your thing. And here's the thing: some people go people go to Alabama, they play on the team for Nick Saban, like to be coached under Nick Saban. Right. And you're not going to lose that if Pete Carroll's your coach, right? Like He's they're, already they're, well respected. There are people that will go to your school just to be coached by Pete Carroll. Yeah. Okay. I I. I I'm glad we have it on the record as us like liking this move, and if it does happen, we will definitely victory lap that. It'll be very cool. Um, all right, should we kind? Of, oh, we got to talk about Harbaugh real quick. All right, we got to mention Harbaugh here. No word has come out or anything. There's no breaking news like there tons are tons of rumors. Me- tons of rumors. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh coached in college, then he coached in the NFL, then he coached in college, and he won a championship with Michigan. After a couple of years. In the early years, Michigan was rebuilding. They weren't so good. He built up that program, got them to the playoffs a couple of years in a row. Now they've won. Mission complete. Yeah. What's next? I don't—he could stay with Michigan. I don't think he will. I think he'll this go— is the, a, This I, is a perfect send-off for him. He has nothing else to prove. I think he'll go. Now, we're probably not going to hear anything in the next couple of days because— That's what you think. <laughs> well, we'll hear something on the on the drive home after this. But if I was Jim Harbaugh, you win the national championship. 
I think you go off on vacation for a couple of days, five days, a week, something like that. You go off with the family somewhere. I would say until the the uh, NFL playoffs are done. M- maybe. Until, I, until the Super Bowl. I just think you go radio silent for a little bit. And then finally, at some point in the offseason, you make up your mind of what you want to do, and now you call around. Jim Harbaugh will get a job like that. He'll get a job. He, he doesn't need a call around because people are calling him. Oh, yeah. Like well, his, his phone is just he's ringing have off to, the he's, He'll just have to turn the phone back on Yeah, he the just, phone yeah. on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think if an organization bringing in Jim Harbaugh, I think it means you want to win now. This isn't a rebuild. This is like we're going for it. Yeah. When he was a coach of the Niners, came into the Niners organization, they weren't doing too hot, comes in a couple years later, boom, goes to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. That's right. Comes to Michigan, boom, national championship after a rebuild when Michigan was down. I think there's a lot of open spots for him. Oh, there are, and we're going to talk about them right now. I think the team that gets him, there's a lot of good gigs, and we'll get into it right now as a couple of coaches, lots of coaches, have been fired. Now let me just go down the list real quick. Earlier in the season, Mike McDaniels, wait, no, Josh McDaniels. Sorry, I wrote Mike, it's it's Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, coach of the Raiders, who sucks. He didn't work with the Broncos, he didn't work with the Raiders, now he's like, Come, Bill Belichick wants him back for the offensive coordinator of the Patriots? What are you, crazy? He sucks. Get rid of him. He sucks. I don't think Raiders have an open spot for coach because Antonio Pierce has been doing so well. He has coach. to get this job. He ha- I mean, you beat the Chiefs. Here's the thing, though. Get the job. Raiders should get Pierce. However, they, they haven't said anything yet. They haven't announced anything. They probably won't until this offseason. Why would they? Like, why would you show your cards? Especially that there's so many openings, but I don't know. I I wouldn't rule them out for Harbaugh. I feel like they could, like if you had the choice, Harbaugh or AP. Harbaugh or Antonio Pierce. Yeah, I I mean you got to go Harbaugh, but I think I think they got to stick with this guy. I don't I don't think the Raiders are going for him. Okay, uh, next on the list of people that got fired, Frank, right. He got these are the two guys that got fired earlier in the season. Yep, during the season. Panthers, they suck. I don't even want to go to their games, much less be their head coach. I think Jim Harbaugh stays away from this. I, I think some poor soul will get the job yeah. and he'll make a lot of money. Um This is a full rebuild. Like they yeah, are in full is, rebuild this mode. This is bad. Brandon Staley also got fired earlier in the season. Now this is not a bad job. Nope. You're living in L.A. on the West Coast. I mean, it depends on whether you like that or not. You know, you're getting paid. If he's getting paid a million dollars, getting half of that taken away, so you'll make more money elsewhere. But true, it's nice here. The weather's nice. You have a really good quarterback. I mean, the teams that I'm looking at, probably missing, the best quarterback on. situation for with with uh, the Chargers. I mean, here's here's what you you got a lot of really talented players, and you got. A very good quarterback in his prime. This is a good situation. Chargers, though, their front office is kind of notoriously cheap and not so great. 
I don't see it happening. I mean, it, it could. It's not like my number one thing that could happen, though. So, but it's 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 a definite possibility, and there are yeah. a lot of rumors swirling about it. So, it would be very cool. Now we have the one questionable one, Bill we, Belichick. Yeah, it's not confirmed, but like he seems done. I mean. He can't draft for the life of him. It's unbelievable. I mean, go through and look at skill position players that the Patriots have drafted in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's it's pretty— I can't think of one. Ramondre Stevenson? DeMario or whatever his DeMario Douglas? I don't, yeah, it's like— ugh. You're grasping at straws here. I yeah, mean, there's nobody. I mean, Rams got, got Pukunukua in the fifth round, and last year got Kyron Williams in the fourth. Good drafting. Very good drafting. <laughs> Keeping them alive with, with trading away all their draft picks for Matt Stafford. Uh, so, I mean, it's probably going to be, who knows, maybe this week, maybe in a few weeks when the Patriots do make an announcement. Here's the thing, though, and I, I, this is why I think we're going to find out pretty soon, is because all these teams are making their announcements now because they want to have as much time to look for the replacement during yeah. the offseason. So. Yes. By not announcing that you're going to move on or not move on from Bill Belichick, you're kind of hurting yourself. Like, Uh if you're going to do it, just do it now. Because I guarantee you, all these teams that have head coaching openings, they're, they're, uh, like staff, they are like calling everybody. They're, they're doing interviews. They're setting up interviews. Like, they're getting all their ducks lined up right now. Mm. You don't want to be that team at the very end or who's like in the middle of like, should we move on? Shouldn't we? And it's like, you're like last to get ready for all these interviews. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just saying like I feel like we are going to find out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Bill Belichick, big question mark. Uh, Pete Carroll, we talked about we talked him. About him. Uh, Mike Vrabel, we talked about him. Uh, He'll get a job. He will get a job. I don't. I think he might do something like where he goes and he's like a, a defensive coordinator for a year and then he goes and gets another head coach job. Yeah. I could see him doing that. Yeah. Um, Ron Rivera. Fired from the Commanders. Ron Rivera kind of sucks. He did suck. Yeah, he took his... uh, I know he had cancer. A lot of people get cancer. But still, it's like, okay, pity party's over. Like, dude, I'm sorry. I don't think he's good. They're trying to to change the culture over there. Like, they got this new quarterback, Sam Howell, who I think is actually kind of decent. Yeah, he's he's fine. Um, Uh, But it would be interesting. One of the... um, Something compelling for a head coach is that they have the second overall pick. Oh, is and that true? And there's a lot. Oh, and they if do. you trade up with the Bears and you get Caleb Williams or you get Drake May, now that's kind of a draw. You already have Terry McLaurin. He's pretty good. You could get this. And Sam Howell is playing well, but it's kind of Keep evident that backup. he's not amazing. He could be a backup. Oh, for sure. He'd be a high-level backup. But if you're... A highly touted head coach. One of the draws for the commanders is, hey, I mean, you've got your pick. Drake May, you could get him. If you get lucky, the Bears get Marvin Harrison and you get Caleb Williams. Could happen. It's not out of the question. I guess we'll see. The last one. My favorite. This is a big one. Arthur Smith. Yep. Did you see how he... What his last moments as a Falcon was? Did you see that whole that whole uh, kerfuffle? I 
think you're talking about the like off the field like thing that he did where he got mad at the coach of the saints uh yeah he basically like told him off well here's what happened falcons were down 17 to 41 to their rivals the saints and the saints had the ball on the one yard line and there was a minute left in the game. They're up by like 20-something points. 20, 41 24. to 17. This yeah, game is, this game is way over. Like, you don't need a score. Saints coach told them to take a knee on the one-yard line. But the Saints weren't having it. They ran a fake knee, handed it off to Jamison Williams. Wait. No, uh, Jalen Williams. No, 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 no. What's his name? Is it Jameis? Wait, whoa, hold this on. Jameis a- Winston handed it off to Jalen Williams, right? Jalen Williams? No, no, no. What's his name? Uh, the the Saints running back on the pack. He was he used to be on the Packers. Uh, what is his Jamal name? Williams? Jamal Williams. There you All go. All right, famous James. All right, oh, Jesus Christ, Jameis Winston. Famous <laughs> Jameis handed it off to Jalen Williams on the one yard line. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Run it back. Start right here. Jameis Winston and the rest of the offense decided to run a fake knee and to hand it off to Jamal Williams to punch it in and get him that extra touchdown at the end of the game. Arthur Smith was pissed. He came out to the middle of the field. He's like, you don't run up the score. That's BS. You know, we're already looking at him. He's pissed. He's pissed. Said it. Yeah, he's mad. Well, he's just mad because he's going to lose his job. At midnight, he lost his job pretty much as first thing we could do. Out like the door. 12-01, he's fired. Eh, you're done. I mean, look at all the amazing offensive skill position players they have, and they don't do anything. They don't give the ball to Kyle Pitts, Drake we, London, B. John Robinson. We have been, like, screaming all season that Arthur Smith did not use his team correctly. Like, I think you probably experienced it more because you had Bijan. But, like, I didn't have Bijan. I was still frustrated. Yeah. Like, it's just like Kyle Pitts, Bijan, like, I don't know, Cordell Patterson. Drake London. Drake London. I, I had Drake London, so I did experience a little bit of this. But it's just, it's it's insane that you can have this roster yeah. and not use these guys more. I mean, just look at it. You drafted Drake London in the top 15. You drafted Kyle Pitts as the highest tight end to ever be drafted like, the fourth pick right drafted Bijan robinson with like the sixth pick why are why are they splitting carries with with tyler algier and and i just don't understand it they're talented they're not bust this is this is a really good team like this is a good landing spot i think for some of these head coaches. This is a good landing spot, and they have the eighth overall pick in the draft. Oh, now Desmond Ritter is kind of funky, and he's shown flashes, but I'm not. You know what? I wasn't really looking at the Falcons as a good landing spot, but this is actually a this is almost as appealing as the Chargers, if not yeah. more. Well, here's the thing: Caleb Williams, Drake May, one and two, they're done. There, you don't need any more skill position players. Pretty much everything. You know, the the quarterback as a whole uh, is the biggest hole on this team. Everything else is solid, at least. A solid to pretty good. 
you go through the draft, I mean, all right. So, Cale Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels go th- one, two, three. After that, Arizona's not going to draft a quarterback. They got Kyler Murray. Chargers aren't going to draft a quarterback. They got Justin Herbert. Giants, maybe. They might. Mm, they might, and they might. The thing is, they still have to pay Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> they're screwed. They're screwed. They, they, they probably will, but they, they might. Tennessee, I don't think they will. They drafted Will Levis last year. They're going to stick with him one more year. After that, it's the Falcons. Now, this quarterback draft class is so deep that there's going to be, even if one, two, three, four quarterbacks go off the board, you still have solid options here. Yeah. I mean, look, even if Kayla Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Bo Nix go off the board, you'd still draft Michael Penix. And now you got now you got a young quarterback to go with your good receiving core, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson, with a solid defense and a good O-line. Michael Penix goes off, you can draft Bo Nix. Here, here's where it's going to get crazy, and I, I feel like this is going to kind of tie in. Like We're talking about the draft right now, but as far as trading players in the offseason, yeah. the Bears having the number one pick and the number nine pick have so much control of the board. Yeah. They also have Justin Fields, who there are rumors swirling that they may trade him, they may move him, they may do stuff with him. There are also people, you know, Bears fans mostly, who want the Bears to keep Justin Fields. Mm. I they have, shouldn't. I have a feeling because Justin Fields is good. I, I just think it's just not work. It's not working out with him in Chicago. Yeah. but he's you not as a, a Packers fan. Should want Justin Fields to stay too. See, I. I I would I want him to stay, but here's the thing. I think the Bears might trade him away to a team that needs to like, you know, like a team that I think that would really benefit with Justin Fields that is looking for a quarterback, the Raiders. Mm. The Raiders I think would be a prime oh, landing yeah. spot. And then the, you know, I was kind of thinking the Giants. The, Ra- the Raiders are going to so the Bears are going to ask for their first round pick, which is pick 13. Uh-huh. So now you got the first pick the ninth pick and the thirteenth pick of the first round. I think that's a great spot. Yeah, you've got to hit on one or two of those guys. You know, go. They after, could also trade them to Atlanta. There you go. I think Atlanta be very would be a good would be a good spot. Maybe Atlanta gives you their number eight, uh, eight pick right here. Mm. So now you got the one, eight, and nine. They could do a lot. Like I feel like the this is the this is like the Bears draft. Honestly, they have the most chips. They have the most like leverage. I think, especially with possibly moving Justin Fields to another team. Um, they need a lot of things, though. That's yeah. the thing. Like, they need a lot of – like, they have DJ Moore. Name another – I mean, maybe Roshan or what, whatever his name is, the running back. Like, okay. that's all they really got I on think this team. What they'll do in the what they'll do in this draft is, one, they will take a quarterback. There's some debate about it. They're going to take if a they quarterback. Have, they have to. Justin Fields' all-time record starting with the Bears, 11-29. And he wants to get paid. I mean, come on. You don't think Caleb Williams can do a little better than 11 and 29? And he restarts the rookie quarterback yeah. clock? I think at a minimum, he'll, do, he'll give you 11 and 29. Like, that's his floor. Yeah. He, he can definitely do better than that. So I think you trade Justin Fields. I think I think they'll trade Justin Fields. They'll get something in return. Bears moved off of, what was his name? Montrez Sweat Yeah, earlier this year. I think maybe with the ninth pick, they'll replace him. 
They'll get a defensive lineman that or some, sense, some yeah. good pass rusher. I'm not totally up on how good their offensive line is. There's some good offensive linemen in this draft that the Jets the Jets need a left tackle. Bad. Yeah, they'll probably take that with their first pick. Bears maybe with their ninth pick get somebody to protect Caleb Williams. Maybe. I think that would be interesting. Or maybe they get him a wide receiver from uh, LSU you know, or, or one of these schools. Yeah, pair I mean, up. Marvin Harrison's going off the board. You know, probably going to Zona. But, I mean, it would be very cool to see Caleb Williams and uh, Malik Neighbors or Roman Duze pair up. I'm trying to think of any others. But, yeah, I think you go Malik Neighbors. He's out of LSU. Receivers out of LSU are so proven. I mean, it's 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 a receiver college. I think you got to go with him. Yep. Yeah. I mean. We're spending a lot of time on the Bears. I don't want to spend too much time more on them, but it is going to be interesting. We are going to cover the draft when we get a little bit closer. Uh, right now we're 100-ish days away. One uh, more thing with Jim Harbaugh, okay. and it's a curveball. Let's, let's hear it. Let's I hear haven't it. brought it up yet. After this season, what if he went to the Bills? The Bills. The Bills. Now let me tell you something. Bills play the Steelers in the first round, they'll win. After that, most likely they play the Chiefs. If the Chiefs go into Buffalo and beat them, Sean McDermott can be in a little bit of trouble. Sean McDermott has a super talented team, never really gets past the second round. They fired their offensive coordinator earlier this season. Fired Sean McDermott. I think, or make him the defensive or offensive coordinator. I think Sean McDermott's a defensive-minded head coach and he's good for a rebuild but he's not the kind of coach to push you over the top i think you move him down the kind of coach to put you over the top is jim harbaugh Mm. you bring him to a team it means we want championships i mean how talented is josh allen and how talented i mean they got Diggs, who's having it down here but he's really good gabe davis james cook they're establishing the run game kincaid yeah their defense is doing is doing well I, I I just think that this – I think it makes sense. And they're in a win-now situation for Harbaugh. If they get Harbaugh next year, I, I would say they're probably maybe the Super Bowl favorites. So he, here's the thing. and I I think there will be another coach firing uh-huh. of a team – I think you said this before the show, of like a team that is in the playoffs. Oh, oh. Is this one of your teams that you were predicting? Well, I think – Because you said you had like, what, two, one or two teams? That are, um, that are in the playoffs that may have a coaching position. What was what was my what was my other one? I can't think. Hold on. It was in the, the he was in the NFC. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I'll get to him. Yeah, don't worry. Um, <laughs> all right. So the first one is Mike Tomlin. I don't think he'll get fired. I think that he might just move off the Steelers. Or I think he would be wise to. He's been with the Steelers forever. He won a Super Bowl with them. He has nothing less left to prove in Pittsburgh. He's respected. Yeah, unless he gets another Super Bowl. That's not happening for a long time because Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph can't compete with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson or much less Patrick Mahomes or, or Josh Allen. Even Flacco right now. Flacco is destroying them. Steelers, listen, Mike Tomlin has a winning record every year he's been with the Steelers. True stat. Been a while. Won a Super Bowl with them. Proven. Tough. Defensive-minded coordinator or uh, coach. I So he's not going to get fired. He's too good of a coach. 
I think he would be smart to get like a change of scenery. He's been with the Steelers for so long. He's got nothing left to prove. Steelers' future isn't that good. I think he leaves and they lose like two or three more games. I, I if I were him, I would leave. Like, I I don't know. If leave it's on a, a high note or leave like on a on a good note. I mean, making the playoffs is good enough for this team, honestly. Uh, and then my other one was, I guess, is this is how we'll transition into playoff predictions. If Mike McCarthy loses to the Packers, go Pat, go. He will get fired. Oh, there was another one I was thinking of too. Uh, yeah, that's Damn. that's the one I was. Wow, waiting there's for a lot. Get. There's a lot All in right. here. Yeah. So. Paul McCarthy, it's probably not going to happen because the Cowboys are undefeated at home and Packers are really young, but the Packers don't really have anything to prove. There's no pressure on them. Right. Cowboys, there's lots to prove. Jerry Jones is tough. Cowboys are in a winning environment. They're win now. Paul McCartney has blundered in the playoffs the past couple of years. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Paul McCarthy's a Beatles guy. Yeah, yes. Sorry. Talk, talking, thinking faster than my mouth can speak. Mike McCarthy, if Mike Mike McCarthy's blundered in the playoffs of the past couple of years, I yeah. mean, think of what I mean, losing to the Niners every year in the playoffs, it gets old. You got Dak Prescott who's in the MVP conversation and he's he's playing good. Yeah. You got to this is a win now team. They're right. talented enough. You got to you got to be a win now team. It feels like make the Super Bowl or bust for the Cowboys. Okay, let's say you let's, lose to the Packers, I think you got to move off of them. Okay, let's say that happens, or even if let's just say they beat the Packers, but they lose to the Niners the next week. It are well, they won't play the Niners next week. Sorry, but it would also, be uh, if they, no, no, no. Like the week after Wild Card, who would they play? It would be they would if they won. They might play. They'll probably play the Eagles or the Bucks. One of the two. All right. I need to pull up like. Uh, They'll play the Eagles or the Bucks or the Lions. Where is, um, is it? I would s- most likely they – I mean, in my opinion, I think they'll play the Eagles. I think the Eagles and the Rams will win, so the Eagles will play the Lions. The Eagles will play the Cowboys. So if they lose to the Eagles or the Lions in the next round – It's not a bracket, though. I know. It's like a, it's seeding. It's re- – yeah. Yeah, so they reseeded. They either play the Lions or the the Eagles. Next. Or Bucks. If they, I think if they lose in the second round, too, I think it's – he might have a shot at getting fired. But first round, he's gone. Here's the thing, though. I if, like Especially if you're Harbaugh, you, you're not going to make any calls or like you're going to go like radio silent yeah. until all of these teams are done competing. Just, be, just in case because like – you don't want to go like with the first couple teams that call you, and then like, oh hey, Cowboys have a head coach opening. Do you want to come coach? Like, oh, I already said yes. That's I can't. a good. I was gonna say you want to wait until I'm not even. I'm not even joking. Literally, pick up your phone the day after the Super Bowl. That's when you want to like start going after, yeah, and like making decisions because like they're. I mean, like, look, uh, the Eagles may have. I, I mean, I highly doubt it, but it is possible they could have an opening there. Cowboys could have an opening. I think Bucks are safe. Rams are definitely safe. Lions are definitely safe. Niners Packers are, are safe. safe. Like no one else in the playoffs is really having coaching issues. Uh, AFC, 
Browns, Texans, Miami Chiefs. Maybe the Steelers. None, maybe but, the Bills. We kind of touched on them. But, but other than that, no. Like, it's pretty slim. All right. So that was my other thing. I think the Eagles lose to the Bucks, or if they win and they get – who would they play? Probably the Cowboys or maybe even the Niners. Yeah. They would If they play the Cowboys or the Niners, who they've both lost to, if they – Let's just say they go to the second round, they play the Cowboys. Cowboys destroy them. Or they go to the the Niners again, the Niners destroy them. I think Nick Sirianni's out of a job. Philly is fast moving. They don't really wait on guys. Remember, they fired Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl. They moved off Nick Foles, who won a Super Bowl. They moved off Carson Wentz, who was having an MVP season. He tore his Achilles. They moved off him, too. They, they're quick. You're not getting the job done. Move off. They got to the Super Bowl last year. Nick Sariani, I don't particularly think is an amazing coach. I think he's good. Their team is super talented. But recently, what do the Eagles do well? Tush push. Other than the tush push. <laughs> That's the only thing I, I mean, can look, think of. I mean, what? They're just feels like recently, like, what's good about them? Their secondary gets they're falling apart. Up. They, They're falling they, apart. If they you, peak too early. If you lose to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks in the first round, Nick Sirianni is gone. He's gone. He had you have you have to kick him out of town. And then if you get destroyed by the Niners, embarrassed by the Niners again, he's gone. Jim Harbaugh would love the Eagles. Can you imagine? Okay, here here are the keys: AJ Brown, Hurts. A great O line. No, that's the best. That's I mean, them and the Cowboys are the best. Either possible. Or, yeah. yeah, they're so. I mean, both of them are super mega talented. At, at yeah, okay. And also, here's one thing that I think is interesting. Gosh, he's really blank. I'm really blanking on his name. But Eagles last year had an offensive coordinator. They go to the Super Bowl. He leaves. Now look at them this year. That feels more of a... It seems like the coordinator was doing all of it. Or mo- feels like or, he was pushing their offense of along because the Eagles did horrible. I mean, they just lost to the Giants by like... And they were playing their starters. It was a blowout. It was bad. I, it, it, Eagles don't look good. I, nope. I In my prediction, I would probably say they beat the Bucks. But I'd love to see Baker Mayfield. Even if they beat the Bucks, it's like they're still a dead fish. Like they're not beating anyone who's after. You're not that. beating the Niners or the Cowboys. the Cowboys. You're not beating the Rams or Lions. I don't think so. I, think I mean, they're destroying you. When like, the Rams were at their worst and the Eagles were at their best, it was it was a pretty close game between Rams and Eagles. Yeah, but uh, Eagles, Eagles got away with some calls. Eagles too. are limping into this game with no AJ Brown. Yeah, and they're just they just seem like they they I don't know they don't look. As good as they did the first half of the season. Yeah. They look like a completely different team. Um, we should get to the rest of our official predictions. Yes. So, so what do you think, Bucks? Bucks and Eagles, what's your official prediction? So I'm just going to pick straight up winners in this. Yeah, I too. really think I like what the Bucks are doing with Baker. I had a couple friends who did like future bets uh-huh. on over under. I think I forgot what it was for the Bucks. It obviously hit over. The uh-huh. Bucks are doing really good. I kind of, I mean, like Baker, he's been all over the place. I think this is a good landing spot, and yeah. honestly, like, there no one's expecting much from them, so they might be a fun team to bet on. 
Eagles, I think they've really just fallen apart. And it's like it's like when you have a burrito and like you know and they like there's too much in it and it's like you kind of you kind of gripped it in the wrong and now it's just falling apart and you, uh-huh. you're trying to like save it but it's like it's, not, it's it's just like you're gonna have to get a fork. You, ha- yeah, you have to get a bowl, and it's like it's a mess. It's like that's what the Eagles have become. Like they started off as this nice Chipotle burrito, and now they're like the burrito has a hole in it. There's cheese falling out. Like it's just like a mess. Like your yeah. hands are. It's just they're they're a complete mess. Um, so I'm gonna go Bucks uh, from Rams and Lions. Now this is a tough one. I think it's gonna be an emotional game. For both Goff and Stafford. Now it is a home game for Detroit, mm. but and Sonny, you got to weigh in on this. I think it will be as emotional for Goff as it will be for Stafford, and here's why: more for Stafford, I think. I think it'll for both, but maybe more for Stafford. But here's the thing: like, I'm not a Lions fan. You're you're not you're a Rams fan. Mm. But if I was a Lions fan, I would feel very conflicted about. Stafford because like you know I think the Lions when they did that trade they were like okay we'll send you off Stafford we're probably never going to play against you again like best of luck and now look what two three years after that trade mm. here we are and now we're playing for a playoff spot so now that I think they're a little conflicted with it I feel like Lions fans still love Stafford even though he's on the Rams but in this game I feel like it's like like they're very confused in this game like obviously this is the best the Lions have been in ever my lifetime. Feels like yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's very it's a very weird spot for them. But this is probably going to be other than the Packers uh, Cowboys game. This is going to be the game. Like I'm going to watch every minute of this game. Um, Sonny, thoughts on this game? I know you, I know you got some thoughts. All right. This might be game of the week. Like this might be the best game we watch. Jared Goff. Though he is improving, he's ultimately still a pocket passer. If you fluster him, he'll fold. Now, the Rams' pass rush is Aaron Donald and nobody. So I'm hoping Aaron Donald pulls some some magic. Also, Jared Goff, when he took the Rams to the Super Bowl, took feels kind of weird because it you know it was like Todd Gurley and Sean he didn't McVay. take he kind of like went along for the ride he went for the ride he put up three points against the Patriots this is true this is it was miserable that whole playoff run was the Rams amazing run game even though Todd Gurley was out or something you remember that like Todd yeah. Gurley's not playing nobody knows why kind of thing yeah, yeah. Um, their run game was still amazing with Freeman all of, all it is was ran, it just felt like Michigan this whole year. Michigan, run, up the gut, run, run, run. You can't stop them. Now 10, you got to sell 20 yards. Yeah, now you got to sell out for the run and you got a really good receiver, one-on-one, easy to hit him for 7 yards. Boom. Jared Goff isn't a proven playoff performer. Neither is the rest of this Lions team. Who on this team's been to the playoffs of note? Nobody. Not even their head coach. Nope. As a not as a head coach. Sean McVay, been to the Super Bowl twice, won it once. Matt Stafford, been to the Super Bowl, won it. Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, come on now. I'm sure the Lions are favored by like three points. What's it say? I'm just curious. Yeah, you're right. Three points. But I think the Rams will be one of the mo- most popular picks. Rams are more experienced. They started slow. Now they've gotten hot. 
Kyren, Puka. Give me the Rams. Stafford's healthy. Give me the- Aaron Donald's healthy-ish. Give me the Rams. You, I, know, you know what would be awesome for just for me as a Rams fan? If the Bucks, Rams, and Packers all won, the Rams would would get to play Bucks in the second round. Ooh. Which would be pretty I think that would be a fun game, but I think that's the best scenario for the Rams because I'd rather they play the Like the get Bucks. by another week. Another ma- more manageable schedule. And then they would probably play the Niners or the Packers. That's the thing. Nobody wants to play the Niners. They just beat the Niners. Which is yeah. They had Niners were playing Sam Darnold, but the Rams were playing Carson Wentz. Um, Still win. They did go toe to toe with them at the beginning of the season. They only lost like twenty. Well, and the Rams look so much better than the first like five weeks of the season, though. So yeah. there is that. Like Puka is now who he is. Kyron's like doing great. Like Stafford's healthy. I feel like didn't Stafford start this season like not so Injured healthy Injured and kind of weird. And yeah, and I'm like he's Denson Bennett was supposed to be the backup, and then Brett Ripon was was the best. It was like, a weird. The Rams bad start figured it out at the right time. Yeah. So I I'm gonna lock in Rams. I think it's gonna be a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would even go Rams money line. I don't, I don't even need the point. Like this game will be decided by more than three points. I like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited. I honestly think it'll come down to like time of possession and who has the ball and who can kill the clock at the end. Like that's what's going to happen because yeah. this is going to be hopefully a shootout. Sunday night game, I think. Oh, if uh, for Rams and Lions, uh-huh. oh hell yeah! So best for last and no school for me on Monday. I don't know if you have work. Martin Luther King. I, I'm off. Yeah, nice. I'm off that day. All right. Um, Packers and Cowboys. Okay, so I've kind of already get my two cents about this. Honestly, like, would be great for the Packers to upset the Cowboys. Our defense isn't super hot, but it has been picking up as of late. I think, honestly, it's going to come down to just getting in the heads of Mike McCarthy and Dak. And you know what? Sometimes teams play down to their opponents. I know the Cowboys are a better team. But we have we do have Aaron Jones back. Jordan Love is actually playing really well with this young group of receivers. And honestly, I, I really feel like it's gonna come down to our defense. If yeah. the defense I'm not saying they gotta play perfect, but we gotta get some takeaways. We can't just let them we, Pollard is gonna be honestly, like if this was still fa- like week, you know, fantasy football and we're doing like weekly matchups, Pollard is gonna eat this game. He is gonna run all over us. I think the big thing is gonna be to contain him. Because Dak has made mistakes in the past, especially in playoffs. Mm -hmm. He will make a mistake. And I think it's going to be up to the Packers to intercept it or have a turnover and capitalize on it. So all I'm saying is my expectations are low, Uh but it would be super cool if the Packers got a win. It would be Jordan Love's first. Actually, it would be like 90% of this team's first playoff win ever. I think the only only people on the team that have playoff wins are – not even Christian Watson. He didn't make Aaron the playoffs. So it'd be Aaron Jones and Matt LaFleur. Yeah. And maybe AJ Dillon. Those are Jair the only people. Yeah, Jair. Oh, did you see the interview of like Yeah. There's some Some fan is excited about the Packers and it's their best. <laughs> Jair player. just yeah. like Jair's a weird dude. He's oh yeah, a, he interrupted the coin toss and all that. He wasn't even a captain. I know. That was, that he, was got, he got suspended for well the, they said they benched him for a game. But yeah, it's just Jair just doing Jair things. Go go Google it if you don't know what it is. But um. Anyway, I do think the Cowboys are going to win. I did bet on this game. I just took Packers money line. Yeah, because I'm like, I got to do it. Like Packers, if they win, I can't bet against them. I'm not going to do it. 
So I'm betting on them. If they lose, oh well. I had a great season. I had a great time. Hmm. Uh, I did have a future bet over seven and a half uh, wins. They did get uh, what did they get? Nine wins. Yeah. So I, I, I hit my future bet. So I'm already happy. Made some money off them. Happy as a fan. Um, all right. Let's oh, go. I've got some thoughts on the Cowboys Packers. Oh, game. you do? Okay. Let, let, now, I think the Cowboys are going to win. I think so too. But here's how I think the Packers could win. A couple of things. One, Cowboys corners, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, all those guys, they play super aggressive. They're known for getting a lot of picks and letting up like 400 yards. I think the Packers' young offensive receiver, young receivers in Jordan Love, one, first thing they can do is use that aggressiveness to their advantage, and they could grill these corners. Two, other thing that they can do. Cowboys rely, Dak Prescott relies on CeeDee Lamb more than any other quarterback to a receiver. More than Patrick Mahomes to Kelsey, more than Tua to Tyree Kill. I mean, CeeDee gets more targets than the whole rest of the team. Definitely. By a lot. Now, what they need to do is Jair Alexander's a very good corner. He's he's healthy too and he's rested. He didn't play last week. Now, real quick, what the Cowboys do and a lot of what CD gets is Dak Prescott being in the pocket, rolling out and scrambling, kind of playing some backyard football and then throwing it to CD Lamb down the field. Cuz CD Lamb is good at going downfield and, you know, finding an open spot and then Dak has that big connection. What I think the Packers can do to prevent that is I think – and they do this in basketball sometimes. I remember they, they were telling me to do this. I think you just get Jar Alexander. You say, don't care what the rest of the entire team is doing. doesn't matter what the Cowboys, what the rest of your team is doing. You find C.D. Lamb and you face guard him. Don't – it doesn't matter what else is happening. Like, don't leave him. Do Like, just face – and I know that's obvious. That's what corners are supposed to do. But – I, I but really I think what you know they leave their assignment they see somebody else is open they go get them run the ball you, you know you go and try and tackle I think like just eliminate like some, CD Lamb from the play in in some rare times in sports it's just do not worry about anything else just stay on him like the the, the room could be on fire but just stay just on CD Lamb don't leave, just don't leave him and the other thing that Packers can do defensively is. So the the edge rushers on the Packers and edge rushers on every team, they do the thing is where they get inside or they're they're you know they're rushing and then they do the spin move and they cut inside and they get to the quarterback. Yeah, and that's all well and cool and stuff. But Dak Prescott, whenever that happens, Dak Prescott just scrambles out. He waves downfield to C.D. Lamb and then they get a thirty yard throw and a catch. I think you got to tell them. Don't do that spin move in. You're probably not going to get a lot of sacks on him. Just do that. Contain the perimeter so he can't, like, run out and scramble and play backyard ball with C.D. Lamb. Just do that. Just contain Dak Prescott from running out and doing, you know, scrambling, making some magic happen, and just keep Alexander on C.D. Lamb. And if you shut that down and their offense as well, then that's how the Packers can win. Um, last- With all that, I think the Packers – I think. 
Cowboys will win. Okay. Um, last season, do you remember? I think it was Jair. He locked down Justin Jefferson. That's what I'm saying. He can, so he can do it. No, he's he's, he's well good enough. Justin Jefferson's better than C.D. Lamb, and he held Justin Jefferson to like a catch in seven yards. Or something. Right. So I think Jair Jair is coming off an injury, but he did rest last week because he was being benched for doing the coin flip the previous week. So he yeah. is healthy. He is. I think he is practicing this week too. So it looks like he is going to play. Mm-hmm. So. That looks good. I don't know. Like I, I'm so hyped for this. Like I already told my wife. I'm like I literally put it on our shared calendar. I'm like we are not doing anything during this game. <laughs> like we're gonna be at the house. Uh-huh. She's like one of my friends wants to come over and uh, see the baby. I'm like that's fine. But like I'm like the game is gonna be on. So I don't know what you want me to do. But like not she's maybe. like oh my friends gonna come over and maybe bring us on. She's like that's great. I, I'm gonna be here in front of this television. <laughs> when is this game on? Uh, I think it's a one o'clock game. On it's Sunday. the only game. So the, every game is what's called like an island game. Like it's just it's the, its own. Game. It's its own thing. There's nothing else going on. I think we have like a a morning, an uh, at, this is the afternoon game, and then we have like a night game. That's yeah. it. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. Like we have one, one, one. I'm excited. So this is going to be a good game. I hope. I hope it's not a blowout. Um, if they do win, I will be posting on social media like crazy. Um, probably blowing up your phone, Sonny. And uh, yeah, this is, I don't know. I, I'm very hyped. The NFC looks looks fun. Uh, all right, AFC. We got some good ones. Um, We'll start with Browns and Texans. Let's save Chiefs game for last because yeah. I, I got some thoughts. I think, right. I think that is the night game, right? That's that's I think that's the Monday game. There's a Monday night game. Let's look it up really quick. Uh, no, 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 no. The uh, Eagles-Bucks is the Monday oh. game. Oh, Dolphins is Saturday night. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did, did I misread that? Oh, I'm sorry. Dolphins and Chiefs is Saturday. Yeah. So we got Browns and Texans Saturday afternoon. Uh, Sonny, where are you going with this one? I like C.J. Stroud a lot, but rookie quarterback, rookie coach, Brown's defense is really, really good. Flacco's pretty Joe good. Joe Flacco is hot. I'm going the Browns on this one, but same. I think it'll be a close game. I'm, same. I won't be pissed, though, if the Texans do win. Me neither. I'll be happy. I'm, I like both these teams. Um, all right. Next one. Uh, actually, we'll we'll save Dolphins for Chiefs last. Yeah. Okay. We'll go to Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. Steelers and Bills. This one, I'm like... I think it'll be a blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout, but it'll be interesting. Um, and then for Monday night, we got what we talked about that Eagles and. Uh, so the last one we got is Chiefs and Dolphins. Yep. Dolphins are at the Chiefs. Uh, Sonny, do you know the weather that it's going to be at this game? Oh, it's going to be one of the coldest games in NFL history. Yep. Now, let me tell you. I don't think the Dolphins do well in the cold. I don't think Tua. <laughs> oh does. no, he he definitely doesn't do well in the cold. I don't think Tua does well in the cold. Now let here's what his stats are. Tua's stats in December and January games, he's ten and ten, his record. Okay, fifty percent win rate. All other months, he's twenty two and nine. Oh my god. What happens to in him in December and January? He throws at a six percent lower completion rate. 
In December and January, his touchdown interception ratio is 24 to 18. Whoa. All other months is 57 to 19. Oh, my God. His passer rating in December and January is 85%. In all other months, it's 105. Now, so he, he's significantly worse yeah. in the winter. Now, you could say that's playoff games, that's tough schedules. That's going. I think that's going to Buffalo, going to New England on a late, cold night, and it's going to be freezing. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes loses in the first round. And I think Dolphins might, you know, there's a possibility they just get going, they blow the lid off things, and it's, you know, they do really well. I don't think so. One thing I also found kind of interesting, um, similar to the month stats, is Tua's stats between the first half and the second half this season. It's interesting. In the first half, Tua has thrown for 20, 20 touchdowns and six interceptions. In the second half, he's thrown for nine touchdowns and eight interceptions. Oof. Which is weird. I, I don't know really why that is. He his hasn't pa- been hurt either. No, his passer rating has gone goes down like almost 30% between the first half and the second half. So His weapons have been a little bit hurt. I, think I don't Hill's, know why. I, I could Waddle's think, been hurt. Hill's kind of hurt. Uh, Moster, I think, was hurt. I could think well, – the only thing I can think of is like – Mike McDaniel's a really good coach. He's like offensive, mega mind scheming and all that stuff. I think he might have a game script for the first half, you know, for like certain drives oh, yeah, and yeah. plays ran up, and then that kind of runs out, and then they get to the second half, and then they kind of just have to. He's like improvising. Yeah. Okay. That so, that sounds pretty legit. Like he like two is just following a script for the first quarter or two, and then he's just like, all right, you figure it out. I think. Yeah, that's why I I think all this and like the month things. I know that's a weird thing. It, it's a weird stat to bring up. Um, it it is relevant though. I yeah, mean, like it is super relevant. Also, Dolphins. I think they already lost to the Chiefs this year in Germany or London or something like that. But I don't think Patrick Mahomes loses in the first round. Mike McDaniel's a great coach, but I mean. Come on. Uh, Taylor Swift will be at this game. Oh, well, that's why I'm rooting for the Dolphins. That's why I'm I mean, my heart says, like, bet on the Dolphins, but my brain's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, Andy Reid's not going to get outcoached. This is going to be fun, like, visually. It'll be a fun game. Like, it'll be a fun game. I think it might snow during this game. Um, it could, it could be, It's going to be very cold. Uh, if it's snowing, then, I, then give me the Chiefs all day. Because... Yeah. Chiefs, you know, they'll make their living off a of little dink and dunk passes and Isaiah Pacheco. If it's snowing, there's no Tyree Kill bomb. No, well, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any of that. So, and you know, Devon A. Chain's a good runner, but that's on a lot of it's on a lot of designed up plays, and you got to play way off a of hill and waddle. So, that's my thoughts on this okay. game. Um. All right. So we're both going Chiefs, but we want we secretly want Dolphins. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. We will see how those uh, play out. And then, uh, yeah, we will update you guys next week on any coaching, firings, or hirings, and then uh, kind of how just the playoffs shake out. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about on the next episode. 
just looking at some of these matchups and uh yeah it'll give us an idea of who's going to be possibly in the super bowl all right uh but sunny really quick before we end the show and before we know we can change it as we go but who are your super bowl picks like i'm not saying who's a winner but who do you pick who do you think is going to go to the end hmm Niners. Okay. And God, this is cliche, but Niners and Ravens. Yeah, I was gonna say I like Niners and everyone's picking them. Um I will go slightly different. Okay. I'm gonna go Ravens and Packers. That would be cool, but I re- I think it's more likely that it's gonna be either Lions or I'll go Lions. I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cowboys. Maybe Cowboys and Ravens, and then the up. Ravens would smack them. That's yeah, the my Ravens prediction. would smack them, but it would still be fun, and we'd see Lamar get his uh, his ring, his ring. Okay, I can live with that. Um, Sonny, uh, what's this all been? Just a waste of my time.